Listen carefully. Everyone makes mistakes. But if you recorded a podcast, you have to make an atonement for that podcast. <laughs> atonement. Do you know what that means? Big atonement for big podcasts. <laughs> small atonement for small podcasts. That's great. I really I think agree. it is true. I made a four course meal out of that one. Not a not a not a five course, but a four course. Is that including a dessert or no? I, uh, yes, right. A moose bouche. Mm. Yeah. Into app. Into the app. Salad or a pasta course. Killer app. Yeah. Entree. And then dessert. Dessert. Or is it a meal and a bunch of side dishes as per mm. Korean tables usually? Just four sampler platters coming out at different times. <laughs> Is that really so? Wait, how do, how does that explain this? The 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 Korean dinner tradition. Well, t this isn't like super traditional, but it, like okay. a general Korean dinner table, you'll have your rice. There'll be a couple of big dishes, like maybe fish or something like that. But the big thing, it's like when you whenever you go to Korean barbecue, you know, where there's a yes. bunch of little plates out on the table. Like that's the deal. You have a okay. bunch of little plates that you can eat with the main course and with your rice. It's a good way to eat. Mm -hmm. Look, maybe this is crazy, but I went to a restaurant the other night and I had never been there before. And the server came this up to crazy. me and he said, have you been here before? And I said, no, in fact, you've caught uh -huh. me. I haven't. And he went, we do things a little differently here. Okay. And I, I just, my blood ran cold. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and he explained to me the concept of family style, this radical thing. No. No restaurant has ever tried before. I feel like especially mm. in New York, that's like pretty common. I flipped over the table and I walked out of the <laughs> restaurant. I said, a I little can't. differently. You're not teaching this whole dog new tricks. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what happens if you go to a family style place by yourself? Well, that was just the problem. The, just solo. Mm. That was right. the problem. Well, I've been to places where it is like one big table. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. oh no, I do. I do. Yes. I don't that's love quite, that's not my preferred no. style of dining, but No, I I would really need to be in a specific mood mm -hmm. to want to just kind of throw down with everybody. Also, like, like not during the a pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. sure. No. Yeah. Uh no, this 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 server, I was eating alone and he threw out this family style thing. So and, he was uh, shaming you. He was shaming me. <laughs> for coming alone. I said, I just got him off my fucking back and now you're making me feel bad for not having a family dinner i don't know what this story is listen this is a podcast mm. whoa a big atonement for a big podcast a big episode we do a big mini series we do things a little differently on this podcast. <laughs> a little oh differently on this podcast we don't we don't really not it's conversational it's pre it's pretty normal tell that to certain <laughs> itunes critics Oh, sure. I don't understand this way they do this. Pot. Why aren't they really? talking about... Yes. A minute huh. one of the episode should start with minute one of the movie. Really? Mm. Though, so they want a commentary. Well, yeah. Yeah, then guess what? You try the Patreon. Yeah. It's Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. Hi, David. It's a podcast about filmographies and family-style restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> Directors who experienced massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want, and sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce. Baby! This is a mini-series on the films of Park Chan-wook. It is called... I'm a podcast, but that's okay. Today we're talking sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Or just Lady Vengeance, right? 
it's that it was called Sympathy for Lady Vengeance in some countries, but okay. mostly it was just called Lady Vengeance. But I feel like I've only the Korean always title heard, means something else. Yeah, it does. I I feel like I've only always heard Sympathy for Lady Vengeance until like recently when I've been googling, and it was like it was only released as Lady Vengeance in X countries, and I'm like, really? It's, uh, Australia I... <laughs> and Russia. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it though. I like it when your movie has a bunch of names. Yeah, I think that's mysterious and cool. <laughs> it's mysterious. Well, we, okay, that's fair. We talked about this in the Sympathy for Mister Vengeance episode that that was that title was an American creation, but was it riffing off the already established Sympathy for Lady Vengeance in certain countries? Because that was Vengeance mm. is mine in Korea. Vengeance is mine, right? And this one is just this one is just her name, right? Right, Karen. It's, it's like kind-hearted Gumja or Shinjarang Gumja. It's like what they refer to as like kind-hearted, yeah, Gumja. Does is kind-hearted like does that word cut in a couple directions or something? Like is that or is that uh, sort of a literal translation? Just it is like, pretty oh, literal. She's kind-hearted. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very literal. Except of course, she's not really. <laughs> They should have called it a lady kind heart. David's giving a very suspicious look. I look very stupid. You it look very they... stupid. What are you? What are you saying? Like a big potato. <laughs> you just got I will a haircut. Say that ben agrees. He a, laughed. A ben bit agrees. of a Tim Robinson uh, bit there. Yeah, I've got a Tim Robinson. My hair is short, yeah. and the zoo background. I just kind of look like yeah. It's getting yeah, worked. All right, David. David, really quick. Can you just go? I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> I didn't do fucking shit. Oh my god, he's Wait. so funny. <laughs> Don't ask about the tables. <laughs> and the first thing I think is I'm excited I don't have to go to work. <laughs> For 50 seconds, I thought there was monsters on the world. You know, tables. I, I should be doing new season. <laughs> Fran, Fran, Fran and I, Fran Hoffner. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster uh, We got in a big discussion. She doesn't like the Will Forte sketch where he has no. he's under the car. It's good. Oh. And it's I was a good like, sketch. that shit is so good. He's got the cigars on his <laughs> phone, the screenshots. Wait, of Ben hasn't seen it. Ben hasn't seen it. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I gotta get I caught mean, up. It's hard to spoil a Tim Robinson <laughs> sketch. I yeah. get like it's really about the the vibe. But yes, I'm sorry. I will say no what more. What were we talking about? <laughs> Uh, sympathy for Lady uh, Vengeance slash Lady Vengeance. Oh, what I was gonna say, it's so funny that they try to like theme the English titles mm-hmm. when in Korean they're totally unrelated. And then you have Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, and then you just have Old Boy, Old where boy. it's like you Old didn't boy. even take this naming no. convention all the way. Why bother? Sympathy for Mr. Old Boy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much movie, how much sympathy that movie has for him. Yeah, that's well. You know, yeah. he has a tough run of things. He in, does. In yeah. There. yeah. Uh, all those dumb uh, People make mistakes. People, all, everyone makes mistakes. There's no does such thing think, as a perfect person. Do you think all the movies should be called that? They should just be called People Make Mistakes. One, <laughs> two, and three. Like, that would be a fine title for each of these movies. If I yeah. had to say what what the overriding thematic concern is of this Ursat's trilogy, I would say it's <laughs> Pobody's Nerfict. I would yeah. say that's... <laughs> That's definitely exactly what he was thinking. Yeah. Buddy's <laughs> nerfing. Do you think he's familiar with that phrase? Absolutely. I think he has it <laughs> stitched inside of all of his clothing. <laughs> like never cursed. It's it's in the lining <laughs> of every piece of clothing Director Park has. Yeah. Uh, our Do guest you know who- today. What? What, David? I was trying to introduce our guest. What? You should introduce our guest, and I'm going to tell you where uh, po- No Pobody's Nerfic originated. Oh shit. From. 
Wait, now I want to hear this quick. I can't wait for that. Tell okay. me quickly. Mad Magazine. Really? Huh. Those geniuses. They Good came up them. with it. What was, was there a specific piece that was the origin? I, I think they started using it in the 70s. You know, it just took a crack team of writers <laughs> to sit down and realize if you swap those letters, you know, there's, a, wow. there's an irony there. Wow. <laughs> but they must have not trademarked it, right? I, I guess yeah, not. I it know. is everywhere. Probably not. Okay. Well, it's been said that Pobody's nerfed, but mm-hmm. we have a perfect guest today. Wow. Uh, return to the show. Uh, uh, author of Bong Joon Ho Dissident Cinema, a book about the runner up to this year's March Madness competition, <laughs> the great Heron Han, back on the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It is my favorite of his. It's your favorite of Park Chan-ho's, I should say. Yes. You you, you took it right away. I was like, what Mm -hmm. do you want? I think you knew. I think that's what you you texted me after I told you. You were like, yeah, I knew you'd pick this one. (laughs) I feel we talked about it before. Yeah. What you consider his his S tier, I think. And this is right there. Um, Karen, as someone Mm -hmm. who's literally written the book read a book on Bong Joon-ho, mm-hmm. a man who came one vote away from being covered <laughs> in this Stunning. slot. Stunning. Yes. Uh, did you have picked out which one you would have wanted to do had he won? No, much harder choice mm. than than this choice. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. I, I feel like I... With Pak Chan-wook, I have a lot more ups and downs in terms of what I like and what I like more than other ones, whereas with Bong Joon-ho... It's pretty across the board tense for me. <laughs> across the board S tier. Yeah, I'm trying hmm. to think if I dislike any of his movies. Mm-hmm. He certainly he doesn't he doesn't have a a, a trio. Moon is the sun's dream. <laughs> really? Well, I haven't seen the first film. The first one's just okay. You kind of defend it. Yeah, I mean, relatively speaking, I think it's really good. But like in mm-hmm. that. In his oeuvre, so it were, it definitely is more just okay than the rest of them. But, like, upon rewatch, I was like, yeah, this is, like, really funny. I like it. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you're right. It's kind of wall-to-wall bangers. What, David? I think you would want to do the host, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Because when when we had, Karen and I had a a conversation. (laughs) Congrats. uh, For the launch of her book. (laughs) We've had many conversations. At Town Hall, yes. Yes. At Town Hall, um... And we we watched clips from Memories of Murder mm-hmm. and The Host. And what was the last one, Karen? We did a Parasite. Parasite, Parasite. Yeah. Right. That one. Uh, famous movie. Best picture one. <laughs> um, but I feel like we had the most fun talking about The Host. And I think about that clip all the time. I think about that scene all the time. It's so good. I mean, I, I do feel like it's the most like throwing a bowling ball and it hits strike fun. You know what I mean? As opposed to the other yeah. ones, which are maybe like a little more... Not that this isn't, not that the host isn't emotionally taxing, but it's a little more uh, traditionally fun. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm flashing back, not not to be all Nikki Fink told you, <laughs> but flashing back to that Oscar night, the last oh semi-normal oh Oscar night. And we, I, you and I both were sort of cynically like, is fucking Mendes going to sweep this thing, right? Right. I was trying to remember what the fear was, what the... Uh, 1917 what the, the, was uh, Yeah, fucking 1917. Fear. And I feel like yeah. going into it, it was like, it will feel like a victory 
if Bong wins one of the three, if he wins director, screenplay, or picture. And right. you were like, maybe there's a scenario where they give mm-hmm. Mendes director, but they throw Parasite picture, or the opposite. You want one of the three. And then it was like, when he won the first one, mm-hmm. you were like, I guess it's out of the running. I guess that was the consolation yeah. prize. And I was like, David, I think it's going to fucking go the distance. <laughs> and then he won best director. And you were like, it's absolutely going to oh. 1917 now. Yeah, yeah. And then the moment like when it was tell... like, he fucking did it. Yeah. I feel like you could tell even in like watching his acceptance speeches where he's like, I got one. Like, that's Absolutely. pretty good. Probably not going to get another one. And then the right. second one, like, holy shit, this is also pretty good. Probably not going to get another one. And then they yeah. fucking did it. And he just like had international film in the back pocket oh. that whole time. And yeah. then it just kept on stacking up. Uh, it was a pretty incredible feeling. It was an amazing night. It was just really great. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how nights. else to describe it. it yeah. Yeah. I lost my mind. <laughs> I, yeah. I cannot imagine. I feel like I've seen video of you Yeah, reacting. there's video yeah, of, her, of, of Karen pl- losing her mind. The most mortifying thing is that they played it on CNN. <laughs> I was like, you didn't tell the... me you, you would be filming this video on national TV, and I wish I had known beforehand. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I remember it all. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't win. Bong, the loser, I call him. Yes, Big L. Right. Look, he, he won the Oscars, but that's a local show. Right. This year, yeah, Blank exactly. Check was international. And I think somewhat surprisingly, yes, it went to Park Chan-wook, uh, who you have more of an up-and-down relationship with, you said. Or or just, uh, is that is that fair? I find it easier to like rank his films, as it were. Okay, sure. All right, so this is number one. Yeah, baby. What's number two? Oh, I mean, I do really like Old Boy, which is maybe a boring choice. I also do like JSA. Yeah, yeah, Old Boy's great, and also coming out again. I guess I don't know when this episode is coming up, but they are putting the movie back in theaters. So go watch it if you haven't, and also please don't look anything up if you haven't, and just go. It's coming out in about a month. Okay, okay. In exactly a month, in, in, in August sixteenth. This episode's dropping July sixteenth. Nice, uh, and I am excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it's cool that it's coming back. But it's great. You think uh, everything that, that is... happens in that movie is cool? Oh. <laughs> I, I think you can... everyone's good in Old Boy Everyone smart. does a good job and nothing wrong. I think it's despicable. Everyone does kind of do a good... I mean, they, they, they get things done in Old Boy. I'll, I'll do, give them true. that. There's 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 actions taken. I think it's <laughs> kind of despicable that director Park condones the behavior of every single character <laughs> in that movie. Can you imagine if that movie like freshly dropped right now and oh. all of that media discourse was <laughs> around old boy being like, wow, he supports this behavior. I am not saying this in the tone of when are we going to reckon with old boy? But it is just kind of astounding how that movie is just completely grandfathered and is like, we all love this thing. Yeah. Like it's kind of just like kind of universally beloved for a movie that perverse. And yes, yeah. if it came out tomorrow, it would destroy the internet. That having been said, the last couple of years, every year there's a movie <laughs> that I think is going to be the one that destroys discourse, and the one that uh-huh. actually does is something else. What most recently? You, yeah, yeah. I example. mean, there was the year where I, I felt like Licorice Pizza got the discourse that I thought Red Rocket yeah. was going to get. Oh, okay. Last year, I thought The Whale was going to be the one that destroyed the discourse. And instead, I think everyone was just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> I don't even want to see it. Right. And there was... I can't be bothered. And A24 was brilliant. 
they were like, you get one still. Yes. And then yeah. the movie was out, and they're like, one still. And they're like, what do you mean? The movie's like on DVD. I can fuck one still. There's one picture from that movie. What? That's it. What? what? He's sitting. No more questions. I'm trying to even think, like, what is the one that I think got? I don't know. It even felt like at the end there there was more people, like, more insane discourse around everything everywhere than there yeah, was at the whale where everyone really was just kind of like, whatever, whatever, whatever. It does feel like it's just like a reflection of how big those movies are or how like mainstream they mm. are. Because like Licorice Pizza got that because it was Paul Thomas Anderson and more famous than whatever was going on with Red Rocket. And yes. same with Everything Everywhere All At Once where that had just so much more buzz that even if it was positive, which even if it was positive, which it was, yeah. it had to curdle at some point. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I remember the one that felt like it was the monkey paw swap oh, of no. The Whale, even though they're radically different films. Although uh-huh. I do think in the last month when it felt clear that everything was going to sweep, then it, yeah. it, all the ire went there. Glass Onion was the one that I felt like no one could be normal about for a movie that played at a <laughs> film festival and everyone was like, fun, a good time. Uh, yeah, don't release your movie on Netflix. That's the... Yeah. Uh, mm. The uh, moral of that story, in my opinion, little, little catch there. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, now everyone's normal about every movie, and that's yes, that's right. Good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whenever a new movie comes out, people greet it with like ah, an entertaining flick, mm-hmm. and that's all I have to say. People just tweet that <laughs> over and over again. An entertaining flick, it. and that's all. An I entertaining have to say. flick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Twitter is good again. Um, I'm going to as a social experiment. Right now, on Monday, June 19th, at 9.30 mm-hmm. p.m., we're recording this episode over Zoom because Karen's on the other side of the country. Sorry. I'm going to just tweet a normal flick, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> and see how people respond Everything to this. Everything you tweet is insane. Everyone's going to go crazy. And what they think I'm talking about. Mm, I am flick. interested to see the results of this. Unfortunately, experiment. I don't think there's a lot of good answers to what you could be tweeting about right now, but go for it. A normal flick, dot, dot, dot. And go? that's all I have to say. Exclamation point. <laughs> Exclamation point. Okay. Everyone is going to think you're talking about The Flash. It's going to go Absolutely. so bad. That is the thing. That is the thing they're going to think I'm talking about. <laughs> I, the thing is, I do want to see Michael Keaton on the big screen. I have not seen The Flash We're yet. seeing him. I love Michael Keaton so much. My He's looking good. Favorite he living is. actor and one of my favorite screen performances, reprising yeah. it, a thing I thought would never happen. I am yeah. treating the idea of going to see that movie like it is laundry. Yeah. The Flash! He run fast. He run fast. <laughs> what you're missing right now is David doing his impression of the Flash running, which I have to say is very good. He does good. run in a funny way in those He does movies. run like he's that, sort of like, yeah. He's like a speed skater. And for yeah. the listener at they home, it looks like they devised. Tim Robinson runs really fast <laughs> is sort of what I'm seeing here on the scene. I like this I'm bit turning my video off. That David is indistinguishable <laughs> from Tim Robinson. One haircut and now. Lady Vengeance! Yes. Lady Karen, Vengeance. What is, what is the first film in this filmography that you would have seen and when did you see Lady Vengeance what's your relationship to this director I actually think this was the first one that I watched because um similar to my relationship with Bong Joon-ho like I I started watching Park Chan-wook's movies like because of my dad because he was into cinema and Korean cinema and I think this was also his favorite movie I'm not clear on that 
And, but I we had this DVD, and so it was the first one that I watched. And obviously, it was very high impact. Yeah. I mean, how old would you have been? Um late teens probably okay. i don't i don't All think right. i was like I allowed am. to watch it for a little no. while for obvious right. reasons no. yeah. so you didn't, you didn't no. see it when it came out in the states no, you I saw it on, on dvd no. or yes. blu-ray mm. yeah okay um and so this was the first of his films that you saw and uh, so a seminal favorite in a way for you yeah yeah i think so i'm trying to think if i had seen any of the other ones before but i don't think so yeah this was the first one yeah and it set you on the, a clear course for the rest of your life in terms yes. of uh, seeking vengeance at all costs, right? Yes. Um, yeah. I, I wear exclusively red eyeshadow now. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's a good look. It is really good. I do love that everyone was like, what's going on with that? <laughs> um, yeah, what is going on with that? Because your friends would. If you just suddenly changed your look, it'd be like, why are you goth now? Yeah, well, but it looks cool. It does. That's all you'd have to say. I mean, she's so great. I mean, yeah, when people change their appearance, you mm-hmm. know, people sometimes will notice and they'll be like, <laughs> wow, wait, look at look at what you've done. Now, Karen, I don't know if you've heard the news. This is the first mm-hmm. episode to come out since we have revealed this publicly. It's You can't see it, ben. but it's you also can't see it at all. The, the first episode, this mini series that we're doing over Zoom where someone has not had the ability to study Ben in person. But Ben recently oh, made a that's right. yes. radical physical transformation yeah. that is uh, in and of itself announcing a brand new era Hell in, his, yeah. in his life and his identity. Absolutely. His brand. Bad Boy 2.0. Now, I think truly... Ben, try holding your ear as close up to the screen as you possibly. <laughs> I want to see if there's any oh way God. this is. Yeah, I see. Okay, it. you see the little glimmer. Yeah, absolutely. That's nice. The one stud, the one That's ear good. piercing. Yep. It's a new chapter. How long do you have to keep that stud before you can do like different ones? Four months. Four months. Okay. Do you have plans already? A big hoop. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Me too. Uh, here, here's a question for the group. Uh, has has anyone which version was watched in terms of the the regular or the the fade to white as it's called? Oh, is it fade to white or is it? Oh, well, I the first time I saw this movie was the standard version, and I think okay. rewatching it for this time, I watched it on Mubi, and the version that they have is the fade to black and black white and version. White. It is, yeah incorrectly on the blu-ray griffin called the fade to white version which would make no sense of i course. know mm-hmm. i just i thought it sounded kind of poetic but i was going yeah, off of what with it like said the on the cool. motif. yeah but but, yeah. Ima- but imagine if the the screen just was white <laughs> in the last third of the- <laughs> it's like wait a second i can't see anything but yeah this was Hello? the first time that i'd seen this version of it and I, while i was watching it, i was like i don't remember this movie being like this <laughs> It's I I watched it this way. I had never seen that version of it before, but I've got the Blu-ray and it's available. Yeah. And I was like, I've seen this movie. I'll I'll try this out. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta say, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's I pretty cool. Was Fucking effective. Yeah. And I I got the little intro from sexy sexy director Park. Uh, <laughs> two minutes of him describing that he looks good in the intro. He yeah, looks oh shit. Very I want to cool. see now. I mean, he's, he's incredibly a, he's handsome. He's a good looking man. dude. Yeah, yeah. He's a good looking man. He's got man. great hair. 
great hair and it's really working for him in this mm. video you know it's all big and poofy yeah. and he's got his glasses <laughs> and he's just like yeah you know here was my idea with this whole like fading the color thing and you know man i hope you like it you know he, like he's not like being like you know hello it is i the master of cinema mm. you know but it's it's well, that's um, koreans for you uh it's very it's very cool i think i think it's cool Let's just clarify, his original intent was in the second half of the movie, the color starts fading away gradually until you get to a point that it's basically black and white with certain mm -hmm. highlighted color elements, a sort of a subtler version of a Sin City type thing. So they shot the movie with that intent. And then when Director Park saw the footage from the second half of the movie, he thought it looked so good in color that it would be a shame to take the color out of it. And also it sounded like there was a bit of a thing where when they tried the process, they weren't happy with the effect. Mm. So they released it full color all the way through. And then after the movie was a success on DVD, they sort of went back and did that original version. So now both did it up exist out there in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that like sort of similar stuff has also happened with Parasite and also Mother, not to just talk about Bong again, but like mm -hmm. the black and white version of Parasite came out like when like the Oscar campaign was going out so people could have a different version to watch. And then with Mother, like they had originally done it. I think they had thought about it in pre-production of just doing it in black and white. But then when it it obviously just released in full color and then they the cinematographer like went back to do it in mm -hmm. black and white and mm -hmm. originally just as like a gift for the crew to like watch again but that version is out there somewhere if you want to find it yeah they they've played it at like a couple film festivals mm -hmm. i think it's harder to find that yeah i never watched the black and white parasite cut i don't know i guess yeah. i'd watch it if you made me <laughs> i like the color force me yeah, it does yeah, look really right. good. I mean, that's sort of the thing with this movie, too, where, like, the standard version is also really beautiful. Like, that was what I was thinking in the scene where she finally does meet the adult Wonmo, like, in mm. the bathroom. Like, my memory of that is, like, very clear with, like, the sort of mm -hmm. orange-yellow tile. And, like, that's the version of it that I think of, which was why when I was watching it, I was like, wait, did I, like, totally just, like, fugue state in this movie being in color? Well, that was... Uh, I mean, yeah. it's yeah, interesting. When he looked at the footage, he yeah. was taken enough with it that he had second thoughts about taking the color out of it. What's mm -hmm. the, the the DP's name? It's his usual G DP, no? It's, uh, yeah, Chung Chun Hoon. He basically Chung Chung said, Hoon, like, if I had known they he would have released it with the color in, I would have lit everything differently. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, but, he you know, prefers... Don't the... worry about it, buddy. <laughs> Like, it's great either way is the thing. I watched it on Tubi. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it was kind of um, disconcerting to have ads pop up at certain <laughs> moments in the movie. You could use a Modelo light around now, couldn't you? Yeah, it would really be jarring, to be yeah. completely honest. This um, movie's also got the fractured timeline thing going on where it's jumping all around from yeah. sort of like her memories to the present, her perception of things or whatever. If it just suddenly cuts to a Swiffer commercial, it probably takes a <laughs> second to realize it's not mm -hmm. part of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would recommend I, I, I would recommend getting a, uh, a Blu-ray or watching it on a movie. For sure. <laughs> um, well, Lady Vengeance. Let mm -hmm. me give you guys some context about Please. it. Um, there is this whole sort of backstory to the quote-unquote Vengeance trilogy, which is a very informal trilogy, I think. 
um, that when he was doing a press conference about Old Boy, uh, Director Park was sort of like asked something along the lines of like, why another movie about vengeance? And he was like, what's wrong with vengeance? There's a long history of vengeance in storytelling, going back to mythology. So he said, I can do 10 films. In fact, I'm planning a third film right now. And then and he says, like, and that was the first time he had even thought the idea. And he was like, what if I did a vengeance movie with a lady? Mm-hmm. Sort of a lady vengeance, if you will. <laughs> like, that is, look, I think he's a self-deprecating person. Like, he I don't is. I don't know if it's exactly right, like this simple. But he does basically say, like, I don't know. I just, you know, that'll show them. You can do more vengeance movies. <laughs> That's what like that's how all filmmakers should respond when someone criticizes them for like repeating themselves. It's just be like, oh, it's a franchise. Yeah, yeah right. Just, what's wrong yeah. with that? Yeah, or, I'll do another I mean, one. It's, it's the Fuck same you. line as she does. Like, no, not as a. It's like, you, well, because the the line that she says when she comes out of the prison in the first time and she says it's it's translated as go screw yourself, but the more literal translation of that is like, why don't you mind your own business, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's and that's that's the vibe of it, where it's like, yeah. why did you... maybe I like vengeance. Yeah, you know, <laughs> see the movie, don't see the movie. Now, apparently, his real first inspiration for this movie was the case of the Frog mm-hmm. Boys. Do you know about this, Karen? I don't know that specifically, but I know that he's talked about it was because he. I I watched an interview with him recently where he was saying like he was inspired to make this by a story of a young woman who killed a young boy while pregnant well, and so. That's the second thing. Okay. The okay. first thing was there's some sort of famous case of five teenage boys, or less than teenage actually, most of them were around 10, 11, 12, uh, who went missing in Korea in 1991. Uh, they were supposedly looking for salamander eggs. For some mm-hmm. reason, it became known as the frog egg boys. And um, they uh, were never found. They were found many, many years later in 2002. Uh, and they were probably murdered. Mm. Uh, they had some kind of blunt force trauma. I don't know. I think it's very, it's still, no one really knows what happened. And he was thinking of doing a movie about this very case. And then the the boys were found, the, the bodies were found. Mm-hmm. And he decided like, okay, I can't, I can't do like exactly that. Yeah, because it'll it's it's whatever because it's too complicated to actually sort of draft off of this case. And then yes, he also had this other uh, real life story about a, a woman who a pregnant woman who had stolen a child. I guess is what it. Yeah, he abducted a child, and he was like, I would love to understand why you know something like that would happen, and I want to have a female protagonist. Um, he says an old boy, the lead female character, Mido, she doesn't, she's not privy to the truth. Mm-hmm. And that didn't sit right with him. Um, obviously, the necessity of the narrative is she doesn't know what's going on, but it is obviously quite distressing what happens to her mm-hmm. in old boy. Um, uh, and he says, you know, in the film industry, we haven't had a lot of female protagonists. Uh, when you place a woman at the center of a film, it makes the film much more enriched and sophisticated. And he's got a daughter who he talks about all the time. <laughs> he's always making the most demented movies on earth. And he's like, I was making this sort of, you know, with my daughter in mind. <laughs> um, I feel like after this, he uses a lot of female protagonists. Yeah. Uh, like, Karen. Yeah. No, sorry. I just, I before we move on from this, of relevance to mm-hmm. our guest. Go ahead. 
Karen, do you know, we've pulled up basically every time he says that he made the movie for his daughter, inspired by his daughter, and his daughter sees the movie and is unimpressed. <laughs> the comparison point is always, she's more into Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yes, right. He's always like, do you like, I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. And she's like, no, I like no. Jack Sparrow. I'm more that's of a gore hysterical. head. That's hysterical. That's <laughs> hysterical. I mean, I, I know he he's also said that he wanted to give Ee the lead actress, something more to do after JSA as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's... Because in JSA, at the start, you're like, great, this movie is about her. Like, mm. she's she's the investigator. She's uncovering the case. And then, like, pretty quickly, you're like, no, 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 no. It's about, it's about you know, all the boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> it's and I love, I love all the, the boyfriends. That this movie came out right after she was done with this K-drama called Ita- Ita- which was she was like one of the most famous She's people in Korea deal. at this point and like that right. drama is still like very very well known I, 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 yes I believe that drama was watched by like half the country right yeah, like it's, it's, it's on her Wikipedia page yes. yeah it's really really nuts and like I mean she apparently like had sort of wanted to do something different <laughs> which this very much fits the bill do you have any insight Karen, there's like a huge gap in her career where she does this in 05 and then Mm -hmm. comes back to TV in 2017, doesn't do another movie until 2019. But there's Mm -hmm. basically like a 12 year gap with no credits. Yeah, I mean, I don't know personally, but what I would speculate is that this is this tends to be something that happens to female celebrities basically of a certain age where it's like you get married and you have kids and that's sort of like what you do. Um, and I, and that said, she also like, wasn't just gone for that time. Like she was in a lot of ads. I, th- I still think like, even okay. like, I just right. went to Koreatown in LA recently and she is still in some ads on she there. She became like a different kind of celebrity. Right. Like right. I, even just off the back of Taejanggum, she probably, I think was even pre that was in a lot of ads because she was so beautiful. So this comes out in 2005, 2007, yeah. she becomes the global ambassador of LG Household and Health Care's yeah, premium beauty brand. 2009, she's married. 2011, she has twins. 2017, she returns to acting. Yeah, you just kind of don't have to do anything if you're getting that kind of ad money. Yeah, that's wild. Um, but she's a good actor. She's um, terrific, yeah. So my hat is off to her. If she wants to act more, I'd support her. I she's, personally think she should do it. She's got a good number of credits since 2017. Like yeah, now, it feels like she's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be a fair amount of TV, especially. But yeah, she yeah. has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Right, she's in JSA, and she is somewhat underused. Although she's mm-hmm. very, um, very, you know, charming and yeah, you know, arresting in it. Like, um, but uh, but also, yeah. No, I just feel like after this, it's like, you know, I'm a cyborg. That sort of co-leads. Thirst, Song Kang Ho is the lead of that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Stoker, that's a female lead. Handmaiden are female leads. Mm-hmm. Decision to leave is sort of a two-hander there. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like he does pivot more to uh um female protagonists mm-hmm. after Lady Vengeance. You gotta have a girl it's around just, if you're trying to be horny. I you know And he's very horny. Is, that is the kind of Robert McKee level insight. You should be peddling a <laughs> master class, Karen. <laughs> You should be sitting in a big leather chair. Yeah. You know, smoking a you cigar. Go around. If you want there to be <laughs> horniness. But it's true. He's such a horny director. Yeah, but he's also uh, a girl dad. Yeah. 
I would say this is one of his less horny films. Yes, that is correct. Not that it does not have uh, prison cunnilingus. Uh, you know, there's there's some there's some All you know the shocking material. All of in this movie is upsetting. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's quite upsetting. Yes. Um, usually his movies are, yes, certainly shot yeah. through with some horniness. Yeah. Yes. There's there's um, no. It doesn't feel like there's any really good sex in this movie. I would no, say no. Well, no one's having a good time in this movie. No, no, right? period. At any point, right? right. Um, <gasps> Lady Vengeance. Okay. Um, with uh, Old Boy, uh, that's the first time Park had worked with Chung Chung Hoon, who is the cinematographer who mm-hmm. works on him with if, with every movie going forward, all the way to The Handmaiden, and now inexplicably, not inexplicably, because he's incredibly talented, but uh, he's stuff. now. Yeah working in Hollywood and he did last night in Soho and drumroll please <laughs> Uncharted oh, he shot shit. Uncharted <laughs> wow which I don't remember looking bad but yes. I don't remember it looking good um <sighs> and he also did every episode of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi oh wow does that another uh, show where I'm like I don't remember it looking bad but I don't remember it looking good it's kind of dark in my memory, you know, like mm. all those Disney Plus shows. You're kind of like, yeah. eh, what's going on? <laughs> Wish he'd gotten on Andor. And that's a good looking show. Yeah. Um, that's a handsome show. Um, and uh, he also co-wrote this movie with um, Chung Seo Kyung. I mean, Karen, help me with these names. I mean, you don't have to help me, but, you know, tell me if I'm Chung Seo Kyung, probably. Well... Uh, you know, yes. I mean, your Korean pronunciation is unsurprisingly excellent. Also, Korean um, romanization is fucked up, man. Like, it's never it quite yeah, right. Right, right. I know that there's. it's a losing battle yeah. here for me to try to do it accurately. <laughs> uh, you can just but, cut um, in me saying them in the edit. <laughs> for every episode? Can we that go back yeah, and get to wouldn't get weird at any yeah. point. No, no, no. Um, uh, and uh, he's written all of his films since, except for Stoker, with with this person. Uh, but she uh, is, um, I guess, uh, she's just very positive on him. See, even though he, she's she's coming aboard with him post Old Boy, she's like, he's always treated me as an equal partner. Like, even though I kind of, you know, thought he she was so impressive. <laughs> she yeah. told this amazing story about the table read for this movie, where apparently Iyunga initially came in and did a much, I guess, like harsher or kind of bolder read of Kumja. And she could tell that like, that Puck and everyone else in the room was kind of like, ooh, I don't think this is really what this part demands, or I don't think this is really working. And But no one was sure, saying it because Iyung is so famous. And so eventually she was the one who was like, hey, like, I don't think this is really working. Or like, don't you think you should try this a little differently? And she could feel like the whole room just like go cold. Because again, like, this is the most famous person in the room. Like, you can't really right. tell her what to do in that respect. But then later, and, and someone else in the interview was like, so director... Park like didn't back you up at all. And she was like, no, he hung me out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> but but she made it work. Um, absolutely. Uh Griff, I just noticed that you tweeted that tweet again. I had a typo uh, the first time. Oh, okay. So okay, okay, okay. I was just interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not trying to juice up my this numbers. Is an unfolding saga. I wanted a, a pure uh sample. Well, okay, so Will Will Goss, friend of the podcast quote tweeted the one with the typo a good joke and then he thankfully uh, did it again with the corrected tweet which is 
a normal flick, and that's all I have to say. And then his quote tweet above it is Griff reviewing a bug's life in 1998, <laughs> which is the mm. most correct mm. and most innocent interpretation. That's the only very other nice. Guess I saw from anyone was assuming that I'd seen Mission Impossible early. I, uh-huh. I was worried that would come through too. Yeah, right? that, that would be my guess. Your take on Mission Impossible Seven was that it was normal, <laughs> uh, yes. which would which would be a weird thing to walk out yeah. of the theater with. How was it normal? Yeah, and, and that's, that's all, all I have, I have to, say. to say. Yeah. So far, no one's assuming it's Flash, which is good. Mm. There's still time. Uh, um, Chung also says uh, Park's wife uh, should basically be credited in all his movies, which the director has also said mm-hmm. um, that that she always like sort of looks at all his scripts and rewrites them. Uh, anyway, um, all right. So, Lady Vengeance. Um, Sort of a deceptively simple narrative, I would say, mm-hmm. but presented disorientingly. As is that crazy? Like, if you actually lay it all out end to end, you can sort of comprehend it fairly quickly. But it just, you know, the way he unfolds it, um, is is what's you know arrest keeps keeps you sort of uh, guessing, right? I yeah. Know. I mean, it is structured yeah. in like a mystery in that way where you get the clues right. as he wants you to get them and you don't get it just A to B. But I also think that's the case with almost all of his films. Like, I mean, Old Boy is mm. really all kind the of the movies. exception because yeah. Old Boy is like you basically know as much as the protagonist knows and you're trying to figure out alongside him. Sure. Right. Versus There's most this of, one big thing he doesn't there's know. There's one big thing he doesn't <laughs> know. Um, right. But most of the other ones, like Handmaiden does a similar thing where you think mm-hmm. you understand what movie you're watching and then it kind of keeps resetting the timeline, yeah. your understanding, your perspective. Yeah. yeah. That said, I think even this, if you laid it out linearly, there's still sort of that twist. Like when the final act like begins, the, the reveal that hi- the final act hinges on, like that totally changes where you think this story is going. Or at least it did for me with the first time that I saw this. Uh Absolutely. Um, so uh, he's starting with the person. He's starting with this character. How do you, mm. how do you say her name, Karen? I, I, this is one of the Gumja. Gum, yeah. Gumja. Um, so he says, like, you know, she's just you know she's decided to prescribe and execute revenge on this Mister Beck, the, the person who turned into a criminal. Um, and he's, you know, Park is sort of like. In a way, it doesn't seem like enough initially, like as you're saying, Carol. Like, you know, when you're watching it, you're like, okay, she's decided, you know, to go after this guy who participated in some incident in some way, you know, mm-hmm. but like you don't really know what's going on. Um, and uh, Park said he basically structured it this way where you don't really totally know every layer of it because he wanted a sense of isolation between the audience and the protagonist. He didn't want you to identify with the protagonist, really. He wanted you, he wanted her to feel like she's sort of like outside of reality in a way, outside of society, right? Like she does feel almost super powered or supernatural or something, you know, like, like that she can like x-ray people with her eyes. I don't know. I don't know how to describe her. There's also, there's this whole element to like this character pled guilty there is a media narrative that we're basically right. introduced to as we're introduced to her in the movie where you understand the way the public thinks of her. Mm-hmm. It's a narrative that she continues to perpetuate. And so you're both sort of hearing her telling at times of 
this sort of accepted version of the story and then slowly peeling back selectively depending on who she's talking to and what she's trying yeah. to accomplish what really was going on and then why she even got herself into the situation where she would have pled guilty yeah i, I mean it, it comes across so beautifully in her performance where she seems so calm and collected at all times like throughout i would say like the first 50 percent of the movie there's only one scene and it's like two seconds where you see her not guarded somehow like the very first day right. that she gets into prison where she's crying like that's the only moment that you see her as anything else like otherwise she's acting in a certain way whether it's acting as this angel for people to like her in prison or acting as this very kind of hard to approach woman as soon as she gets out um yes i love um what's his name uh he's in Kim Jong yeah, Kim, he's got yes. such a strange face. It's so, yeah. and he's the haircut. Got such a funny face, right? He's got the blonde hair in Old Boy. He's yeah. like the bodyguard guy, and in this, he's got this like mushroom hair. Uh, <laughs> he's like, like her Prince biggest Valiant, fan. He man haircut. Yeah, Ugh, you're um, speaking my language. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what what a weird face that man has. I really, my hat is off to his weird face. <laughs> Uh, he's not that important in this movie, obviously, but he is. He is. He is. He's the one around. Who's like, yeah. I love you. I love you. Beginning when the movie is sort of keeping you in the dark is when he has his the greatest amount of screen time, where at least his hair is something you can hold on to. It's like a consistent <laughs> life raft. Um, no, it, it's an interesting starting point to basically have this woman who pled guilty to like a horrendous crime. Mm -hmm. But you're introduced to her as here she is being released. She's basically this cause celeb as like a, an example in the public eye of like uh, prison reform in effect, mm -hmm. right? Or, or or prisoner reform, yeah, in in effect, right? Here, look at her. What a transformation she made. And it's like, you know, A, because it's like, look at this hot lady who went to yeah. jail in this way that, that like does happen in the media, you know? Yeah. Uh, where When people get weirdly sexually attracted to a criminal, but also the idea of like, well, it does seem like she changed inside. Mm -hmm. And then the movie just starts immediately peeling away like we're presenting someone to you did something that's seemingly unforgivable, but the public has basically forgiven her for it. And then we're going to untangle why she actually didn't do it and why she's now justified for what she's about to do. Yeah, the explanation's so fun. Like, I do like the flashback structure, like getting to meet each of the women that she befriends in prison is for me, like the most fun <laughs> part of this movie, because there's not yes. that much to be found at the end of it. Yes, and also you're initially like, okay, is this about her assembling a crew of right. of mm. ragtag weirdos? Like, okay, <laughs> you know, I can get on board with that. We've been recording uh, uh, Ocean's trilogy mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and 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 the the surrounding movies, the Ocean's uh, films, the Ocean's films commentaries for Patreon, and there is this section of the movie that feels like that, mm -hmm. where it's like, she, why is she assembling this ragtag crew? And you're almost like learning about a heist in reverse. Mm -hmm. It is so good though, like the way that it's set up because. I feel like the intro to every woman fits that mold. But as soon as you see the meeting outside of prison, it's so clear. Like any the women themselves comment on this where they're like, oh, you're just using us. Like you were you don't actually have any affection for us. Like we are a means to an end for you. I mean, she's she's got nothing 
left other yeah. than like means to an end at this point yeah, right yeah. it does feel like she's a person who exists basically driven For entirely <laughs> right yeah right she is she's sort of a non-person she is both not the you know yeah the angel she presented herself as in prison mm-hmm. but she's also um everything she's doing feels calculated out of yeah. prison in yeah. some way and it's just about trying to understand what the calculation is mm-hmm. and initially obviously you think that she's uh, a scary villain because she mm-hmm. killed a baby bad uh, a child a, chi- a child not bad a crime. yeah um but she didn't actually do it guys she didn't do that spoiler alert <laughs> yes um i'm not sure exactly what it's sort of revealed in flashback what probably like sort of half an hour 40 minutes into the movie i'm trying mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of when that when that becomes super clear um i don't know it, it doesn't take too long because yeah. it's 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 pretty much revealed like you get a pretty clear sense of it as soon as the detective comes to the bakery, as soon as she gets right. that job. Like, it becomes very clear that she did not actually commit this murder. Right. Well, She the- starts, yes, work at a bakery with a, a cute, cutie shop assistant who she's right. mean and scary to. <laughs> and because he's young and was young right. when her case happened, he does not know. And so she has to explain it to him. Yes. After we've, like, uh, already just sort of been brought midstream into the redemption arc, mm-hmm. uh, you have to hear her explain what she has been accused of, uh, which is, like, yeah, as we said, uh, pretty upsetting and terrifying. Yeah. And then Also, a quick pe- sidebar, the bakery owner, Odalsu, that actor, is the voice of the monster in the host uh, and also was recently semi-canceled. Interesting. Oh no! For being I was the about monster. to say, what a cool guy! <laughs> no, it was like some sexual harassment thing. Oh well, that's also monstrous. Different kind of monster. Yeah. Um, we should mention. I guess we haven't mentioned uh, within the episode yet that all four of us. I came on the Zoom and I picked the same Zoom background that David mm-hmm. did. So then Ben and Karen both match it, and all four yes. of us have the exact same background. Well, which is describe the background. A very iconic image from this. Yeah. Film. I mean, this is like a, a, a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of her. T- <laughs> How do you even? She's she's <laughs> like in the middle of like snowy plains, dragging a sort of taxidermied horse. It's like a dog converted dog, into dog a walking sled. horse. Dog dog man sled, <laughs> <laughs> but with the, the human head, right? Yeah, and then she shoots it with a gun. Uh, She also has a badass leather sort of jacket dress on and boots, and she looks absolutely one bajillion dollars. Um, (laughs) But uh, yes, it's one of it's one of the things that I feel like the movie throws out in its first hour, where it's just like chew on that, you animals, and you're like, "Ah," which is sort of the magic of of Park Show Book. Like I just feel like you know, if I sat down and told you. The narrative of one of his movies, you would be like, that's pretty crazy. And I would be like, <laughs> sure. Beyond that, he also is going to tell it to you in a pretty aggressive and unusual way. Yeah. Like, this will not be related conventionally. <laughs> Can we, for the sake of making it easier to talk about, just basically lay out the bones of what's going on okay, in this yeah, story? Yeah, go for yeah. it. The bones of their money. Yes. And the so are the worms. 
I, I mean, let's make this a group effort because I want to make sure I don't fuck <laughs> this up. She gets pregnant as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She approaches her teacher. Yes. Uh, played by Choi Min-sik. Uh, Choi Min-sik. Uh, thank you, um, <laughs> thank you, uh, the star sorry. of Old Boy. Yeah, no, great. no, please, no, don't be sorry. Um, star of Old Boy, uh, but who she's is, feels like just unafraid to take any part. This yeah, dude, we'll, we'll I, I know anything. he's a yes. major, major, major Korean actor, but like, God bless him. After Old Boy, Park Chan looks yeah. like, how about this part? And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll but do she's, it. Like, understandably, uh, terrified, doesn't know what to do about uh, the kid, uh, terrified yeah. of the the judgment of being made to be a uh, an outcast, uh, what have you. So she goes to him in her terror for help, and he basically, in exchange for getting the child put up for adoption and covering her pregnancy ropes her into helping him in an ongoing sort of ransom ring scam he has going on kidnapping children she is not aware that it's ongoing right right i and i believe i i believe this is the first time that it happens right Karen, yeah, that's my impression. Yeah, because she tells um, the detective at the end, if you'd caught him then, that these other kids wouldn't be dead. Right. right. So much of what I feel like her profound sort of guilt and shift in approach in the latter part of the movie is her realizing like this, right, further crimes could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's very much like all these uh, horrifying stories you hear in real life of these weird, uh, you know, like sex control cults, whatever, except it's sort of micro-targeted to just her, basically using her. But there are always these things of like creating these systems of control and power, you owe me favors, and you're in a position where you can't say no to my whims and what have you. And so, yes, she doesn't totally understand what she's doing. Uh, Once she does, she's into deep. I also was under the impression that the the intention, maybe I'm wrong about this, but the intention wasn't to give up the child prior to her going to jail. Because later she tells Jenny, like, I had to give you up because I went to jail. As opposed to, I I plan to give you up before that. I think that's ambiguous. Yeah, she's just seeking help, I guess. And we don't really, right. We don't really know what. It all goes wrong because. Yeah. Because he he's then, a child murderer. You know, right. He's a child murderer. That's he's the worst of, person who ever lived. Yeah. The additional she twist. She went to the worst person right. you could go to. You yeah. think he's, he's really very bad. bad because he kidnaps children for ransom money. And in fact, he pretends that he's kidnapping mm-hmm. children for ransom money so that he can just murder them to get his rocks off. Yeah. Yeah, he's very bad. Um, just FYI also to blank check listeners and voters. I am increasingly like, why did you pick this director who I admire and love, but who half of his goddamn movies are about child murder? David doesn't like child murder. David's come out very recently to be an anti-child murder. Well, it is worse when you have a child. Advocate, yes. Yeah, and the weird thing is I actually rewatched the entire Vengeance trilogy when my daughter was like three months old. Mm. I think they got, I think I mentioned this, they put them on. Yeah. Criterion channel or something like that. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, I'm going to watch those, like, Vengeance Trilogy. And I watched them no problem whatsoever, which is a great sign of how cooked your brain is when you have an infant. <laughs> You're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> cool. Also, she wasn't talking yet. She was like a potato. 
She was a potato. She didn't care. I mean, yeah. she watched the whole damn thing with me. It's insane that I <laughs> let, let her be in the room for this. I mean, she, she gave them watch. all four out of five on Letterbox. She was into them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's big on uh, Letterbox. And then I... Yes, huge she's, on Letterboxd. My daughter, huge on Letterbox. Yes, she's... Uh, I don't know. Insert the name of a funny Letterbox user there. Emoji um, pointing finger uppy question mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, my daughter does say uppy a lot, which means up. Um, but uh, but yeah, I rewatched this movie, and I'd already watched you know the other two Vengeance movies, yeah. which are not exactly you know fucking light affairs, mm-hmm. right? And for some bananas reason. I even remembered the ending of this movie where I'm like, yeah, and then they all get together in like a big abandoned schoolhouse and they kill him. And I was like, and why did they kill him? Eh, I don't know. He's no good. <laughs> I, you know, like, you know, and I just forgot how forgot. awful I, you know, like, the, and I, I had to, I mean, I had to fast it forward. Is hor- it's a horror. It's like an incredible ending, but it's, it's horrible. It's a very watch. impressive ending. Yeah. I but think yes. the ending of this movie is amazing. And I think yeah. it's such a cool and interesting ending to, yeah a quote-unquote vengeance trilogy. Like, yes. I know that the idea of this trilogy is somewhat informal, but I do think, like, it's fascinating for him to watch, like, to present, like, a group vengeance, yeah. you know, that, like, that is executed in this sort of, like, thought-through and quote-unquote yeah. moral, you know, and also completely insane way. Like, it is, it's, like, where he's just like, does this make sense? And you're like... I, obviously what you're showing me is so surreal but also yes it makes yeah. sense too, right like that that you have to grapple with that yeah. i also uh, think so like cool. so much of this trilogy is about like the ugliness of vengeance right mm-hmm. and he's sort of like going up against the uh reliability of the like revengematic as yeah. a genre movie and digging into the actual underpinnings of the emotion of what's driving those kinds of movies rather than just making it the surface level fun uh, but yeah. this is the movie where I almost feel like he's going, trying to circle back around yet again and go like, but within the tone of vengeance that I've set within these films, can I almost make a a, a set of circumstances where you start to question whether it is justified, right? Like sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is just like this guy keeps fucking up. This situation just gets worse and worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you operate from this place, everything just like unravels. Yeah. And then old boy is just like these two people destroying each other's lives, yeah. right? This is the right. most straightforward in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then this right. is basically just like setting the deck so wildly that you basically get to the point where you're like, do I think that 30 different people are justified in murdering a man? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny. It's they, like a dozen. The writer no. talked about this where like when she was writing the script, she asked Park like, hey, like what, what did he need that money for? You know, where they ask him at the end where it's like, what do you yeah. need that money for? He doesn't have a family. He doesn't have kids. What does he need the money for? And, Park said, like, oh, it's, like, for a yacht, like, almost kind of offhandedly was my understanding of it. And at first you're like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. But then you're like, no, this completely justifies the anger that these parents are feeling at the end. Like, it makes it worse where it's just he's doing this for a purpose that's so stupid and so silly that and has hurt so, so many people in such a profound way. Yeah. Well, my my take on it, maybe I'm over reading it, right? But like, 
she thought he was doing it for the money. Then she finds out he was doing it for the love of murder. And then it raises the question of like, then what did he do with the money? Right? Yeah. It's almost he would like, take he would take the money. Of course. Though. He would yeah. make but the it, ransom call. My right. my read was like, oh, it's almost like the murder the money was the red herring to keep his name right. clean as just your run-of-the-mill child kidnapper mm-hmm. rather than a murderer. And then once he had the money, it's like, what are you gonna spend it on? I don't know. Money wasn't the point for me. What do rich people buy? A yacht? Mm. You know, which is almost like more disgusting to be like, so he also took our money and it wasn't even for any greater purpose. Like all of it is just so craven and hollow. Wait, should we lay out the rest of the story? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Okay. So So she she goes to this guy. uh, She is seen taking the child to the bathhouse and he forces her to take the fall by basically abducting her child and being like, hey, if you don't take the fall, I'm also going to kill your baby. So right. she goes to jail. Right. She confesses to it. The detective sort of realizes that there's something wrong, but can't do anything about it. She goes to jail. She helps a bunch of women in jail. Um, and to the point that they owe her favors, basically, once they get out, she mm-hmm. gets out of jail. Right. She collects on all those favors to try to exact revenge on this guy. She manages to kidnap him. In the meanwhile, she reconnects with her daughter who was adopted out to Australia and then comes back to Korea with her. Uh, In the process of kidnapping this man, she realizes that he has killed four more kids and at that point decides to bring those parents into it to sort of that's when like the real like sort of justice part happens because she goes to the detective and is like, what are we going to do about this fucking shit? All the parents come to a schoolhouse, an abandoned schoolhouse in the middle of nowhere where yes. uh, Mr. Peck is held captive and they decide what to do with him, which is they will all kill him together. <laughs> right. They will, which is, which is complicated. They will kill him, but slowly enough that they can sort of spread it out among, amongst yeah. a bunch of people so that everyone can kind of have their shot at it's, him. It, it, well, and a, then they will take right. a picture all together. So that no one can We are all culpable in this. Exactly. It's both like let everyone have their little bit of catharsis and ownership of this, but also everyone's equally guilty now. Mm -hmm. So no one can really turn on anyone else. Right. Um, But he does deserve it. Yeah. Uh, He's, you know, as much as you can. There's just no question about it. Say that that people deserve these things, right? Which is obviously a sort of fraught question. But yes, he's so comically evil. But that's my point. It's like he's made two movies where he's basically saying, like, is it insane that we think about this this way? Mm -hmm. Of that, like, vengeance must be paid, right? You need to get revenge on these people who do these things to you. Does anything good come of it? And then this feels like the movie where he's daring you to not support it you know yeah i mean they even pose the question where she's like the other option is we just hand him over to the cops and everyone's like that's not gonna do anything right what happens right what comes of it like i don't think he's saying like would you in this position do the same thing but i certainly think as an audience member you get to the point where you're like well absolutely yes as Mm -hmm. me the person watching this in the comfort of a seat yeah, these characters should fucking murder this guy slowly, bit by bit. Yes. That whole yes. sequence is so harrowing to watch. Like the first introduction of the parents where it's intercut with them just sitting there to the reactions like minutes later is like so, so horrible. And that's really yeah, I when, to fast forward that. if you're watching the the fade to black and white version, yeah. when the the film really has suddenly like crept up on you and become basically monochrome, and it does put everything into very stark relief in an effective way. 
And then it's an Oral B commercial all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, of course. The famous scene where it cuts to a water pick. Yes. It's he he has cast such good faces for all of those parents too. Is the thing like they all have really striking expressions. Here's another thing I was thinking about with him because he's so good at using these sort of scene fragments Mm -hmm. because he will kind of like obfuscate his narrative and give it to you out of order, but also he will give you. Uh, sometimes just the, the briefest moment of a scene, mm-hmm. of a setting, of a time, of a place, just to give you some image in your head. And it always feels so lived in and like emotionally deep. And yeah. especially for movies where people are dealing with incredibly difficult things, you know? Like Lady Bird is a movie that does a similar thing where <laughs> there are a lot of like 15 second scenes in that movie as it like mm-hmm. jumps ahead, but it's a comedy. You know, mm-hmm. there's like emotion in that film, but the tone of it is fairly light, even when the characters are yelling at each other versus like this is a movie that will cut into someone who has just heard the worst news you can possibly yeah. imagine. And it's just that for 10 or 15 seconds before it cuts over to the next thing. And it is it's like, really effective. It's really effective, but it's also just like I, I think it is an underrated skill set of like like someone like Tarantino talks about. He never will do a pickup where he just has an actor, like, just do the one line. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm only going to use this shot, this angle for this one line, so just say this line for this setup. Or even if it's like a pickup, an insert shot of someone picking something up from a table, he wants to do the full scene, top to bottom, Mm -hmm. so that the actors have the ability to live in it and the emotions are right. So when they do the one thing that you're actually going to use from that setup, it's invested with enough weight. I don't know how he does it, but it's like you're seeing these scenes that are almost sort of like ellipses of what you could imagine being a 10-minute scene in a different movie. But every time he cuts to it, you feel the intensity of that actual scene playing out in full. It's funny. I mean, it's just such a meticulously planned out movie. Like, sort of what you were saying, like, even with the prison flashbacks, sometimes you only see, like, five seconds of it at the beginning, and then you'll sort of get more context for it later. And that's part of the fun of it, like, figuring out what's going on. And also, like, he knows what details to fixate on, I guess. Like, even... There's the one most parents like they they know later on in the movie where it's like the father like couldn't handle blood at all. And it's the mom who eventually has to go in and enact her vengeance because her husband kind of doesn't have the right temperament to do it. But then like at the beginning, that detail is like already planted where uh, Kumjak goes to their house to try to atone for what she's done by cutting off her fingers. And it's all in there. And there's also like there's so many fun moments like the prison scene where there's something happening in the foreground but you see Kumja coming in in the back and it's still like out of focus but then the character leaves and slips on the soap and falls and it's all just planted in there you just have to be paying attention to it um that's very interesting i did not put i feel like some of that together mm-hmm. i also um, want to point out the actress yeah. that plays that horrible woman in the prison kosuhi is I think one of the sweetest people in the world, or at least she seems like it in real life. I highly recommend there's a reality series called Jump Like a Witch on Netflix where a bunch of Korean women celebrities try to form a basketball team and she's on it and she's so, so sweet and nice. It's insane. What, 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 whoa. What, what a concept. Wait, a lot of things just... I'm sorry. One little run there, Cameron. We might need to stop and circle back for a moment. Oh, sure. 
wait, there's a reality show in which Korean celebrities f- try to form a basketball team. Like so, it's like a bunch of adult women Korean celebrities who mm-hmm. form a basketball team. It's it's a sort of an offshoot of a pre-existing show where a bunch of like men form a sports team. But for this one, it was specifically okay. a bunch of adult women forming a basketball team. None of them have really played basketball before. Um, and so there's like musicians, uh, newscaster, and also this actress in there, and she's terrific. What what's it called again? Jump like a witch. Of course. Okay. Well, that even raises some more questions. <laughs> but uh, how much of the show, the way you put it, like uh-huh. trying to form a team? How well, much it's of the they're show? All really bad at it at the beginning. Sure. But like, how much of the show is about? the games versus like have you really gotten into like the team spirit like how much of it's about like you know just their basic like working demeanor with each other they developed lock they all of room get along energy pretty quickly so the okay. fun of it is like them trying to support each other as they play basketball really badly like they also sure. like some of the first exercises are they pit them against a team of children <laughs> to see if good. they can be the kids good good uh <laughs> Apparently, she's also in Barking Dogs Never Yeah, Bites. she is. And she's in. Uh, she's also yeah. in The Host. She's in she's one in of Bond's shorts. Small role she's in the terrific. Host. Yep. She's terrific. She's underrated. Um, so, okay. Uh, one thing I wanted to say. This is I found this in the dossier. This is interesting. So, uh, there's a Japanese film called, and this is another great title, mm. Female Prisoner 701, mm. colon, Scorpion. Yeah, good. I've heard of um, it. Which is a Japanese women in prison film uh, that had several sequels um, and is kind of your classic like women convicts escape from jail, form a brigade, yeah. go and loose vengeful hell. Right? <laughs> cool. And Park, Park says, like, in the first act of Lady Vengeance, I'm kind of alluding to that. I'm trying to draw the audiences in uh, with those kinds of cliches of the revenge story. And then when she is going to, you know, when she finds out about the uh, mm. other victims is when I'm basically shattering that, right? I'm just yeah, dropping yeah. that completely. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is quite a clever, you know, you, it's, it's because she's such an impassive, maybe that's not the word, but like, she's such a sort of striking and impressive and scary figure. And you're sort of like, what's going on with her? She's a little inscrutable. Yeah. Like it is, it is, you know, you can, you can just sort of go with the like, well, I guess she's, you know, forming a vengeance team. Yeah, this I mean, like be about Lady Vengeance. That's what makes later scenes more impactful. The fact that she so carefully hides her emotions. The scenes in which she doesn't are the ones where you feel more scared of her. Um, There's act- uh, this is another thing that director Park said at one point, which is the scene where after they've drugged Chemin Shake and she's cutting his hair. Apparently, he will still talk about the fact that he was so scared <laughs> while they were shooting that scene because she was so intense while she was shooting it. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, it's not the prison recruitment. Is there anything yeah. in particular there we need to highlight? Because I feel like there's a lot of big, interesting characters mm-hmm. uh, and backstories that we learn. I mean, I love the couple that gets arrested for doing a robbery together. <laughs> They're so sweet. And also his tattoo yeah. of like the arm into the arm into the arm shooting a gun is terrific. It's a cool tattoo. Um, I, I have the menu for the arrow blu-ray playing in a loop right now on my tv (laughs) so i keep on seeing that shot of the tattoo every 10 seconds (laughs) david you were saying you want to get a tattoo you should get that yeah 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 i agree i do want to get a tattoo that's what it should be you nailed it i don't think it's gonna be wait but it could be a sandwich instead (laughs) 
Yeah, Customize one the, it. One or the other, David. A sandwich tattoo would be good. Either a gun yeah, going into second. a gun, going into a gun, or a sandwich. Ooh, I think what those if are it's like two options. A long one where you have the two slices of bread on the side, and then you can decide what ingredients you want to put in there as mm. the tattoo grows. Oh, I can right. I can kind of make it into a club sandwich. I can kind of yeah, keep stacking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm into this. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I like the idea of you having like you setting up a, a sleeve, a long term yeah. tat project that just starts with one slice of bread, and then over your <laughs> life you build a, a Dagwood sandwich. You know, running up to I, your bicep. I, I'll invoke her again, Fran, friend of the show, Fran Hoffner, blockbuster Fran. Uh. Blockbuster French, she's got these tattoos the fruit of fruit, and she started good. out, yeah, with just a couple, and now she's got so many fruits, and I love her, her mm. fruits. It's a really cute sleeve. So, okay, uh, should we talk about the uh, swimming pool uh, prison cunnilingus? Like, what else should we talk about here? It's that uh, actress's, um, that woman who gets assaulted, that's her feature debut. But I'm done. Wow. She's great. Wow. I feel like you really want to talk about the prison cunnilingus. Yeah, I feel like you've dropped twice. that exact term. <laughs> I just keep thinking about it, and I kind of do like the term, I guess. Uh, but no, no, no. I, I there was something about um, he wanted he so uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Old Boy both got like eighteen ratings mm-hmm. in Korea, right? Unsurprisingly, okay. they are very yeah. intense films. Narcy. for some reason, Park thought maybe he could get the less restrictive rating, which I think is a fifteen. <laughs> Uh, sort of similar to the British ratings uh, for this one. I guess because th- this movie is less violent, I guess, although it's still kind of violent. Yeah. Like, yeah. It you know it doesn't have like a hammer attack sequence maybe. I mean, but the like, child it's still, endangerment it's feels bloody. like worse. Like the, well, when you th- watch th- the movie. Right. Before, end, like... exactly. Then you have all that. Right. But but I guess, anyway, uh, he said he wanted it to seem by an audience uh, 15 uh, years and older, it got the highest rating, um, and he thought it was because of the uh, oral sex scene. Mm-hmm. But apparently, the Korean. I'm sorry, the what, just, David? I'm sorry, the what scene? Uh, Prison Cunnilingus. Thank you. Go but on. Uh, but apparently, uh, the Korean Film Commission just did not like that there was a portrayal of violence inside the jail system <laughs> at all. Uh, this is I'm quoting from director Park here, but uh, they would have preferred to see the positive side. The inmates getting reeducated wow. and well adjusted wow. in order to go back into society. Um, wow, we wow. You know, I didn't. He says I didn't put all this in to be critical of the jail system. I don't think it's that big a deal. That's why I let my then 12 year old daughter watch it three times. No, oh direct, my no! God, Park, cut it out. <laughs> what? Stop it. <laughs> Every time with these dossiers, I'm like, but you didn't let your daughter watch this one. He's like, well. <laughs> so just like, maybe you need to find a new way to connect to your daughter. Maybe like go fucking rock climbing or watch Real Play Housewives or something. Feels shit. like he needs to watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's what he yeah. needs to do. Exactly. He probably just did. go with her. It's just, fine. I wonder, just climb on I board with the Black Pearl. <laughs> He's like they really; those guys were cursed. They were cursed. They're, they're all skeletons. He don't. He, they shouldn't on, have taken that gold. They How great have. would it be anna- if they announced like tomorrow? Disney hires Park Chan Wook for Pirates, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean six, seven, and he's just like, I really want to make a movie that my daughter likes. I finally figured it out. <laughs> I'm, I'm really pushing here. <laughs> the whole gang is back. Will I need Elizabeth. her approval? Tim and Shake is playing Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, a lot That'd of bootstrap Bill. <laughs> yeah. Bring back Bootstrap Bill. What happened to him? Did he die? 
Mm. Yeah, he perished. He did. He but what did that mean? He was undead. The story ended right? in number three. But doesn't he come back? Wasn't wasn't someone their kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orlando Bloom is his son. No, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah. wasn't Elizabeth Swan oh. and Will Turner's kid one of yes. the boring boys in one yes, of the later that's sequels? Yes. Brandon Thwaites. Wait, or... was he? Yeah, Jesus. I think so. And then also Barbosa's daughter, which made me cry. I well, will that say. that that's right. the twist in in Dead Men Tell No Tales that um yeah that, that was Skins Kayla girl. Kyla Scalabero. Yeah. Skins, Skins girl, Skins girl. Yes. But then was, was, was that girl. one? Was that one Brennan Thwaites? Because the other one was Sam Claffin and a mermaid, right? That that one. Yes, that, that one is Brennan Thwaites. Thwaites. Yes. Okay, Karen, you and I saw that film together. We saw Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge, or whatever the fuck. Salazar's together. Yeah. I um, cried. I hated myself. And you were in tears. Crying. Yes, yeah. you were in tears. When he, when he falls at the away, end of that treasure. film, I was like, oh. <laughs> when fucking Jeffrey Rush fell off the big chain or whatever the hell yeah, happened to that a, goddamn oh God. movie that should have been sunk to the bottom of Davy yeah. Jones' locker. You were correct. Yeah. yeah. Now that you bring it up, it has been a while since we've heard from Salazar. I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in years. I've I've heard he's he's making phone calls and he's planning to enter the Republican primary in 2024. Uh, and his entire uh, campaign is just Ola Jack Sparrow, and people are trying to talk him out of it. They're, yeah. they're trying. It's to. pretty good. They're like also, Salazar. A... People want to hear about healthcare. And he's like Jack Sparrow. Yak Sparrow. Yeah. Better platform than most of them. <sighs> You're it's not true. wrong. That's yeah. true. I'm with Salazar. Disney's um, backed themselves in this corner where they're like, fucked if they do bring back Jack Sparrow, they're fucked if they don't, right? Like, you, they right. got this, like, they're in they a They were trying a to do it with Margot Robbie or whatever, conundrum. right? Yes, but yeah, it's like... Yeah, they were thinking about that. A portion of the population is furious if you don't bring Depp back, yeah. and the other half is furious it's if really you do. It's really lose-lose, yeah. Yes, so what if they just announce tomorrow, like, we've heard your cries, we are, in <laughs> fact, making the next Salazar film. <laughs> We're continuing <gasps> off the Barbosa Salazar prequel. story. Oh, no, that would still have Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Mm. All right, me. I'm looking him up on the Pirates Wiki. You're looking up Salazar? Oh, my God. Yeah, because I cannot remember. I get, All right, look. He died, apparently. His last words, Jack. Yeah, but oh, my God. Sincere. This guy is so one track. David, when you say these characters have died, aren't all of them undead to begin with. Isn't that one of the I mean, that's a fair things? point. I don't know. It says death here. What do you want I also want do from think me? I'm conflating details about Salazar with the rock jungle cruise mythos at this point. Oh, yeah. Because oh, he's also immortal right. or that whatever. Was the, um, one uh, of the guys turns into a bunch of bees, which was yes, pretty that good. Guy, <laughs> that guy had some good points, though. I really yeah. thought he had some interesting things to say. That is one of those movies. The reveal oh, is that The Rock was one of them, that he was a yes. conquistador, but all of them have accents, and he inexplicably doesn't. Yeah, also all well, of them have... a master of disguise. Yeah, yes. I guess Sorry, so. All of them have a gimmick, too. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Salazar are... looks like a fucked up Shrek, like a yeah, Shrek yeah. crossed with Edward Scissor's hands. Yeah. Edward yeah. Scissor's me. hands. As as we all know, Salazar looks like Drake in that Seven Thank Up you. or was it Sprite commercial? Was it Seven Up or Sprite? Or it's Sprite. like the Backstreet Maybe. Boys music video where they're Maybe all the, the Halloween funniest thing costumes. I ever said on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Salazar looks like all five Backstreet Boys yeah. from the Larger in Life video mushed yes. together. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was that was intentional. Salazar, I mean, not to go back, but Salazar does feel like a Tim Robinson sketch where he shows up and Tim Robinson's like, so what's your deal? What's your thing? <laughs> Figure out what you do. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Jack Sparrow. They're like, no, no, no. It can't just be that. Trash and trash he turns and trash into and... a skeleton. I get it. This guy is like a squid head. I get it. <laughs> what is your deal? What is your deal, Salazar? He's, he's cracking. That's his deal. He's cracking. He's, he's got the crack, the crack He curse. is cracking. It's true. But um, different from okay. Kraken. Yes. Because they did he that. He's not Kraken. That's true. He got beached. Um, Sad. Yeah, I just finished my big book about the boat, uh, the wager. I'm sorry, you just finished huh? your big book about the boat? <laughs> yes, uh, David Grant's new book, oh, The Wager. Shit, okay, uh, I gotta read I'm that. Which I'm sure will be Love a David film Graham. in five years. Yes, yeah. okay. Uh, and it's about a big old boat that shipwrecked, and there was a mutiny, and there was all kinds of crazy stuff that happened. Just got my copy of Flower Moon, Killer Moon. I'm excited for that. There you go. To read that. Um. Yes. Um, but half the book is just him being like, so here's what it was like to be on a boat back then. Uh, bad. Yeah, bad. Really bad. Yeah. No fun. Eating this shit up. I ate it up like And Salazar's in there? Tuna melt. Uh, and Salazar, of course, is. it turns okay. out he did it. <laughs> it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, this like this like carefully this carefully reported work of nonfiction. Like chapter eight is like anyway. It turns out it was all Salazar. Unfortunately, Salazar did in fact get his revenge on all of us. Salazar, unfortunately, Salazar returned. And by extension, Somehow. you, the reader, he has foiled you yet again. Oh man! No one okay, out Lady Vengeance. Salazar, Lady yes. Vengeance. <clears throat> yeah, no relation to Salazar. No. So. Uh, a thing we have not really talked about uh -huh. is that while um, the, we're learning about the, the past and we're seeing our protagonist in the present, she uh, visits her daughter, yeah. Jenny, who is now, you know, whatever, a kid. I mean, she's not a teenager even, really. Has it been 13 years? Yeah, she's like 13. There's some amount of time. Yeah. She's maybe 13, right. Uh, and she is uh, essentially Australian because she was adopted yeah. Is she going to Australia? That was the one thing. I, like, what's the yeah, deal there? Yeah, she goes to yeah. Australia to visit her. Right, right. And sort of like, but then she just sort of uh, uh, collects her and brings her back well, to Korea. Jenny threatens to kill herself if she out. won't let her come with her. Yeah. Right. Um, and so you have this sort of strange burgeoning relationship with Jenny, which I think, mm -hmm. again, this is sort of before the big hammer blow of the big the, the final reveal like yeah. maybe you're sort of like well maybe this is the person that will like bring her back from whatever world she's in right you know maybe maybe this is the sort of the sort the surprise element of this plot that uh that will change her perspective but that's not exactly yeah. how it works jenny is sort of crucial to her you know like this aspect of her humanity that is mostly lost right mm -hmm. but like um, that's what i was yeah. gonna say i view Right. Her inclusion more as like there has to be some glimmer of light in this film. I yeah. mean, A, right. you're about to find out about such horribly monstrous things that have happened yeah. to other children. But B, you want like he does want you to have some sympathy for Lady Vengeance and he wants <laughs> you to believe there's something in there worth uh, uh, surviving. I'm not even saying saving, right? Like, there's a reason for her to even uh, stay alive post-vengeance. If yeah. she just feels like she's a vengeance golem, 
And once this mission is complete that she's, like, done. It's also, it's like the fuller idea of revenge, where the idea of revenge is like, what do I have to do to set things right, to equal the scales again? And it's not only I have to take care of this guy, but there's also this other part where I owe somebody as well, which is Mm -hmm. my daughter. Yeah, and I think think also, like, you have... Uh, oh boy, not a great uh, uh, father-daughter movie, right? No. And then uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance has them kidnapping the kid, uh, mm. him tricking his sister into thinking that it's a babysitting assignment. She commits suicide. The kid dies by accident. All this sort of stuff. In the same way that he's challenging himself to like, let me try to make one with a proper female protagonist who has narrative agency. Mm-hmm. It's also like, let me maybe make one where the the child-parent relationship isn't the most fucked up aspect of the film. Let me try to make one where a kid survives and seems yeah. like they're maybe going to be somewhat okay, you know? It also presents, a, I think, a certain amount of stakes, right? Where it's like she, if without Jenny, she doesn't really have anything to lose. Right. Right. Otherwise, she's just gone. She's yeah. she's beyond. I mean, it's a, a movie uh, I love dearly that I have invoked now maybe in all of these vengeance episodes but um uh you're never really here which is like similarly Mm -hmm. a movie about someone who's given themselves over to this thing so fully that they're just like dead inside just like completely destroyed and it's similarly like when he finds this girl and forms this relationship with her for the first time there is like a thing that he actually feels he is responsible for Mm -hmm. that makes him want to stick around to some degree yeah, it, it also it just makes the ending. So, I'm saying it's also so many times, but really, I'm I'm just piggybacking off your point. It makes the ending so much sadder. Where it's like this thing that you have been fantasizing about for 13 years, you've completed it now, but has it really fixed anything? Do you actually feel better? Like your life is still not in the shape that you necessarily want it to be in. You have to atone to this child for what has what her life has been because of these things that happened to you and that you were sort of complicit in. Yeah, very well said. Um, Those poor Australians. They yeah. don't know anything about uh, what's going on. <laughs> no, they, yeah. they seem like they, they they don't ask enough questions. <laughs> no. no, they definitely didn't Google also. No. no. Maybe maybe they could have just done some go- light Googling this on yeah. who this woman light, is. Light, light Googling. Yeah. Big ass news story. It's all, Lost vibes, though. You remember how in Lost, you know, everyone was Australian? <laughs> Because of the the mechanics of, well, the flight left from Sydney, so everyone had to have been in Sydney for some reason. Yes. And so they would do the flashbacks where like Sawyer's like, I found the man I need to kill. He's he's Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I miss Sawyer. I miss Sawyer too. What's he up to? I guess he's He's on some other TV show. I don't know. Oh, Josh Holloway, yeah, he's around. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean Sawyer the character? What is he doing? Yeah, David like, was asking Sawyer's What's the character doing? Too. I guess he's, yeah. he's in that uh, he's dead, big church right? they all ended up in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they all died. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um. Wow, actually, yeah, he, you know, oh, he did, oh, he had a recurring role on Yellowstone. I was oh, about shit. to say, well, like, for him. feels like he should do some Yellowstone. <laughs> he's kind of got the, 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 the look and he's the age yeah. range, you know what I mean? Like no one on Yellowstone is young, you no. know. It's it's like it's the West Bentley, Josh Lucas. Did sort it make of him zone. cut his hair for Yellowstone? Is it short or is it still like Sawyer long for Yellowstone? Longer. It's down to his ankles. Oh wow! <laughs> let's see. No, let's see his hair. Uh, 
Yeah, it's long. It's 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 long. It's okay, Sawyer good. length. Yeah, good. yeah. Uh, what year is the Yellowstone with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren? Nineteen twenty-three. Eighteen eighty-three. No, you're right. It's nineteen twenty-three. Eighteen eighty-three is the other one okay. with uh, Sam Elliott. Okay. Oh. And uh, and Tim McGraw. I I was God, I was oh God what a world <laughs> incredible I was doing my uh, my very exciting part time job where I go over to my grandmother's apartment and fix all her devices in exchange for uh, babka nice. and uh, well, babka ain't bad yeah. she wanted she wanted to scale the mountain she wanted to know if there was a way I could get her on Paramount Plus specifically mm. because she wanted to watch that series and so I like got it queued up and I put it on her iPad and started playing and she looked at me and she was like this isn't Yellowstone. <laughs> Whatever year it was, right? She was like, this is an 1893 right. or whatever, whichever year right. it is. And I was like, it is. And she's like, absolutely not. This is something else. This is something else playing. And I was like, uh, uh... it's a guy in the middle of the woods getting shot at by like a musket. What makes you think this couldn't be Yellowstone? Yeah. I don't know. That's happening now. They're always up to something. <laughs> she wouldn't believe You're... me until Helen Mirren showed up. Wow. Your grandma's a real pip. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Has she seen this movie? Uh, I you know that's a good question. She does like Park Chan-wook. She was very surprised to hear we were covering him. Mm. She still thinks this is a show where we interview directors. Oh, okay. Well, look, it's never too late to exactly. turn over that a new fine. leaf. Just yeah, pivot to that. Explained it to her a number of um, times. Is this my favorite of his? This is my no. favorite of the Vengeance. Oh, you're you you were questioning uh, if it's your favorite of his movies. Period. It's it's up there. Mm-hmm. I'm a big thirst boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thirsty. Also, so nice to see Song Kang Ho in this movie. Also, yeah, he pops up. I uh, really just, uh, yeah. I assume, kind of as a favor, right? Like, I assume that's just him being fun. <laughs> it's like I guess. One I of mean, the assassins. Oh, yeah. that's why I wanted to bring up the scene, Griffin, when you were talking about the daughter too. Where it's like that's why this moment has agency. Where you think it's it's possible that she loses her daughter, and the fact that right. she the the point of like her remembering what the range on this gun is is so good. It's so good. Yeah, it is very cool. Um, yeah, the other assassin is is also from JSA, right? Yes. Uh, Shin Ha Kyun. Yeah, both um, of them have been in his movies before. Yeah, have been in multiple movies. Yes, he's all he's the he's the lead of Sympathy. For, he's sort great. of the lead. He's the he's the deaf guy in Sympathy. Is, is Song Kang Ho showing up in this Avengers. like the equivalent of fucking Ryan Reynolds showing up in everything? Like for us, it's fun. But if you're seeing this in South Korea in 2005, I don't think you're like, so. I think he was again. still pretty beloved. Okay. Like, I don't think he has ever crossed the Rubicon in that way. Um, uh, yeah, it feels like a, a fun wink for the audience. and It helps that he's for not the, winking. For the super fans. <laughs> you know? Sure. No, no, they show up, they're scary assassins, and she fucking takes them out. Yeah. Karen, are you implying uh, that sometimes when Ryan Reynolds shows up for an under five or even a non-speaking <laughs> role in a big budget film starring one of his friends... That he is perhaps winking to the audience and in fact takes you out of the movie by his mere presence. I would never dare say no, that. No, because what if you want to work with Mr. Reynolds? I mean, yeah. then, you know. Uh he's so Get funny. Me some of that and he's aviation gym. WGA baby. member. As, oh, yeah, and he's got gin out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. And like a phone company, right? 
Uh, uh, he does. <laughs> Mint Mobile. Soccer team. But then yeah, they sold the Mint Mobile. Didn't he sell Mint Mobile to a different... Yeah, he probably sold it for so uh, much money. Whatever. He's a smart businessman. What like, do you his want whole fucking me? thing was like, don't sign up with one of those big phone carriers yeah. like Sprint. Sign up for Mint Mobile. And then like two months ago, he was like, exciting news. Sprint is buying Mint Mobile. <laughs> Look, I've been with Sprint for a generation. I love Sprint. I'll never well, leave Sprint. I, I hope you enjoy all your new uh, cousins from the Mint Mobile yeah. side of the family. Yeah, my, yeah. Minty phone. Oh, we um, should also okay. shout out the Yujite cameo, um, the guy from Old Boys in this as well. He is um, grown up. One yeah. And so is there. Mito from Old Boys. She's in here for five seconds also. Oh, really? Who is she? She's like a TV announcer. Blink and you miss um, it. Right, 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 right. Um, so, okay. Again, it's sort of hard to go through the narrative of this movie because it is out of order. But okay, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Um, we we learn more and more about Mr. Bake. That's how you say his name, Karen. It's more like Peck, you know, I guess. Beck, Peck, um, who is a children's teacher at a preschool, mm-hmm. essentially. That's That's what he's doing now. Uh, he's probably planning once again to, you know, do something terrible. Uh, he hires these thugs to kill Gimja, but they she kills them back, mm-hmm. uh, and then she, that's she kills when them she's right got back. him. She kills him <laughs> right back, and then th- that's when she fucking nails his feet to the floor, right? I mean, that's when she's got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then that's when she figures it out. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the wildest reveal of what she has asked her prison friends to do, right? Is that she has asked someone to go be his wife. <laughs> Bad assignment, yeah. Is is it the it friend that gets the kidney transplant? Is it that friend? No, it's a different, different friend. The knee transplant, or the kidney transplant is the girl who helps her make the gun. Her husband makes helps her, makes the oh, gun for okay. her. Okay, yep. Um, I wouldn't want a knee transplant. That sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> so she finds this orange marble, right? This sort of trophy. He collects these trophies. And even mm-hmm. in the black and white version, mm-hmm. the trophies retain their color throughout, yeah. which is this, you know, very clever, very powerful effect. Um, and she finds all these horrible tapes he made and it's so bad. And I kind of had to fast forward and zone out for a it's while. Horrible. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Park even, I think admits like, it's a little, like he was, he says there's stuff he took out. Like it was really like a frame by frame of like how much can I put in this movie without completely losing the audience? Yeah. Uh, these very because he's like obviously you need to uh you know convince the viewer of of this man's like pure villainy and these like the horrible thing that he did. Um, but it's 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 impossible to watch. Yeah. Uh, yes. Even by his standards, I think. Yes. Uh, I tried to avoid dwelling on the distress of the children. He said. Um. <sighs> anyway, I'm, so he's but he's very yes, he's very bad. Yes, go ahead, Griffin. No, I was Man. just going to say, I mean, it it's uh I I think he shows you the exact amount of it he needs to. Yeah. Like I yeah. I I don't think he uh dwells on it, it too feel... much, but as we're saying, like right, you, it yeah. you do need to yeah, you do need to feel it viscerally. And it's just, it's compounded by the parents' reactions. Yes. yes. It would be different if this movie was, she chops his head off because he's a bad guy. But because the um, the final act of this film is 40 whole minutes yeah. of the parents reacting 
of the debate over what to do yeah. over them killing him. And then the sort of like coda of them all together, you know, like it's, you know, yes, yes. It, it's sort of, it's more, it's more essential. It needs to, to feel to, yeah. immediate for the audience, right? You need to have lived through it in some way. It's really breathtaking. Like there's no way to prepare for that kind of widening of scope as soon as you see the other charms that are on his phone. Like that's the horrible detail, right? Where he's kept these souvenirs from all of these kids on his cell phone. Like it's so brazen and so horrible. And as soon as you realize that and as soon as these other people's revenge are brought into the equation, it kind of blows the movie open. Yes. Um, it makes it into the masterpiece it is, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a very interesting elliptical, strange movie before then. And then you're just kind of like, holy shit. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I have to say something unrelated to this right now. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> is it about Salazar? I'm so sorry. No. Thank God. Not that. Not thank him. God. No, no, no. I, I could not take <laughs> that um, Not that right guy. Now. Um, you know, we have Ben. Ben has his nicknames on this show. We, we yes. talked about it on the mm-hmm. opening episode of this miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for, for the George Miller series, we called him Haas Pig in the City or something like that, right? Sure. <laughs> right? Normal. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, someone uh, just pointed out, I just saw this. Or Haas Pig that, is the uh, kitty was the other one, but go on. Wow. No, ben, no, no. This is it. Ben Pig is his kitty. Oh, that yeah. should be the name. Like Haas pig in the your, city your, better, but but pig is his kitty. You don't understand, Karen. Mm. His his cat is literally called Pig. Yeah. Wait, is that true? Yeah. Yes. Aww, yes. That's okay. the joke. No. Okay. Ben Pig is his kitty. Okay, then fine. That's like what it babe. is. Anyway, All right, we'll adjust. Uh, back to this horrible thing. chisel it in stone. Yeah. Uh, back to the gathering of the parents and relatives of the missing children who watch tapes of screaming. Children mm-hmm. and decide to murder him together. No, the uh, the, the broadening and, of scope yes. you're saying, Karen, that is the thing that's so surprising about it. Since we've been like on such a single-minded quest from one person uh, to then make it so immediate to so many characters who you're yeah. being introduced to this late in the film, where the stakes are this high, right? We don't know these people, right? No. They're brand new to the film, yeah. No, but it's like, if you introduce us to characters under these circumstances, we're immediately going to feel for all of these people. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it's still pretty bold to bring in an entire ensemble. Like, yes. a, it's a whole, you know, new cast. Right. Uh, the last act of have this their movie becomes like women talking suddenly. <laughs> It is useful, though, that each of these family members has a very distinct personality. Like, he he's immediately mm-hmm. dialed in on who every single one of these people are. Yeah. Are these actors well-known in any way? Like, are these, or is it just sort of, you know, the usual kind of, um, you know, definitely not to the point. Actors? Definitely not to the point of, like, Song Gang ho popping up. Like, some of them right. you'll have seen a lot. Like, one of the women, for instance, is, like, one of the old ladies in Train to Busan, if you remember. There's, like, a pair okay. of sisters who are old ladies. Sure. So some of these are, like, Good pretty movie. well-known, kind of more character actors. Some of them are a little lesser known. But none of them are, like, ooh, holy shit, like, that person's in right. this movie, I would say. It's not like we're bringing in, t- t- you know, 12 angry men. We're bringing in a te- <laughs> just heavy hitters. Uh, just you know, so you you can keep these people, you know, whatever they make an immediate impact. But but they are all, yeah, they are all, like you say, Karen. Distinct. Yeah, if you're if you're watching K dramas, you've probably seen them before. Yeah. Well, sure. Look, I'm trying to fucking complete Zelda. 
Resident <laughs> Evil Four. Wow. Got two jobs. Jump to like do. a witch. Put it on while you're oh, while God you're watching. It. While I, I don't know Zelda. if I could delve into an entire country's television culture on top of everything else. I'll try. <laughs> Legally, now you have to watch all of Tezangum. <laughs> a very long. Uh, fine, I will. Fine, I'll do it. It's okay. I haven't watched it either, but I know my. I think my mom really liked it. Anyway. Well, I've met your mother. Mm-hmm. A lovely woman. Yes, she's. We terrific. hung out. Your mom yeah. and I. Um, <laughs> How'd you guys we meet? Did not talk about K dramas. Uh, I met at this. I met her at this event that Karen Han was doing uh, at <laughs> Town Hall. Meet. <laughs> Be weird if I was like, uh, oh, you know, I, <laughs> around you know, we, 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 <laughs> a mixer. <laughs> took a swim class together. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 PTA <laughs> meeting. Yeah, just doing some water aerobics. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, cool lady. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else we should touch on? There's well, a lot in this movie, obviously. Yeah. The, we we should touch briefly on the, the post-murder stuff, but yes, is yeah. there anything else about the uh, the group murder? Um, there is, it is like, it's comical at moments in that mm-hmm. kind of way that he can bring off where you, you do see the very sort of very dark, horrible humor in these yeah, little moments. Yeah, it's like, like the, the surrealness that you were talking about, I think. Like in the right. whole discussion of where they're like, do we kill him all together or separately? Then how right. how are we going to divide the, the groups to go in? And then right. like, right. who's going to go first? Let's draw numbers. And the fact that that's all being piped into the room that he's sitting in so he can hear them talking right. about it, it's incredible. But like it's like their their mission is so pure. You're like, yes, absolutely, yeah. have your vengeance. But then it does take them just sort of talking down and be like, okay, so I'll chop him a bit, and then you, I won't yeah. chop him too much. And even so like the, chop him the second to last group going in, where she's like, Dad, like you have to be careful because there's like, a person after us. Yeah, <laughs> like, you have to leave <laughs> something for them. Yeah. For for how many like what we were talking about, like big scenes he leaves out or only shows you a fragment of. That's the exact kind of scene most filmmakers would skip, right? Like they make the decision, and then the right. next thing you see is someone walking it's, in with an axe happening. or whatever. Yeah. And right. instead, it's like it speaks so much to his priorities that it's like, well, so wait, wait, wait how do we establish a pecking order here? And even the fact that Kumja is not the person who gets to kill him. Like, when she finally uses her gun on him, he's already dead. Like, she effectively gives over her claim on this vengeance in a certain way to these other people who are kind of more directly affected by the stuff that he did. And indirectly affected by what she kind of failed to do by going to prison for him. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Also, the scene or the bit where the the police detective is there and he's like, "Don't stab him like this because then your hand might slip and he'll cut him." Like instead, you should hold a knife like this or stab him like this. So the details are he's so good. Helping out, yeah, yeah. I love that he's on board too. That he's like, yeah. "You're right. This is the best way to go about it. I'm not gonna fucking yeah. help you." It's yeah. probably like a splinter in his mind too. He's like, "I knew something yeah. was wrong." to begin with when I was putting this woman in jail and I didn't do anything about it or yeah. I couldn't do anything about yeah. it. Um, so they take a group photo uh, for the memories, obviously, mm-hmm. and also so that they cannot implicate each other. Mm-hmm. They bury the corpse. They gather at the bakery and have this sort of like funereal meeting, especially mm-hmm. in the black and white version. It really yeah. does feel... Like the fucking end of Schindler's List or whatever. Like they're yeah. gathering to light a candle. You know what I mean? Like it's this like very mournful moment. Uh, and then sh- there's this like, you know, 
surreal uh, meeting with uh, the murdered child who, who who then grows to, you know, the age he would be if he lived, right? Like mm-hmm. this this very moving moment. I don't know. Like the first time I saw this movie, my freaking jaw was on the floor and all this yeah. stuff, I remember. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible ending and it's weirdly the only one of this trilogy that has an ending that you could even vaguely classify as sort of... <laughs> hopeful yeah uplifting it just yeah. at least feels like there's some sense of uh inner peace perhaps oh and even that's generous uh-huh. because like the scene that kim just shares with the adult one mo it is not as though he's forgiving her yes i guess inner peace only in relation to the other two movies where yeah, yeah, uh, everyone's dead and uh everyone is sort yeah. of destroyed internally or the second one in which a guy basically chooses like i'm just gonna keep on doing a fucking horrible thing mm-hmm. and try to make myself forget it yeah um but she does have jenny and she does yeah. tell her to live purely like tofu mm-hmm. uh um and Jenny is there as this, yes, is somewhat hopeful character in a yeah. way, right? And like, the reveal um, that she's been the narrator this whole time. Right, right. yes. Um, and she's sort of untouched by all these horrible things that have happened, almost shockingly in a way, mm-hmm. like that, that she did just get given up for adoption, that this guy did actually not kill her, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you think, think it through, like... Um, but I guess it's you know because of the public nature of everything. Also, a brief sidebar: the way that Puck uses subtitles in the discussions between Kumda and Jenny is so interesting. Like when you watch um, the Korean dialogue pop up on screen as Jenny's speaking in mm-hmm. English, it populates in I guess English word order and leaves spaces in the middle for where because Korean grammar is so different. Like it does that, and then even. Right. The scene where they're going like, no, yes, no, yes, like you can't, you, I can, you can, you can't. Like you see just the one word kind of blinking in and out because they're saying sort of like at least some of that vocabulary is repeated. It's it's just really, it's like, it's not super pivotal to what's going on, but it's a very interesting detail in the movie. It is. It's. It's. I. I was wondering about that because the even just to look at it, it just presents itself differently than yeah. like subtitles do in, in for a Western movie. Uh, the way it kind of comes out, word yeah, by word. Yeah, yeah. And even the because of the uh, language here between her and Jenny, mm-hmm. there's the interesting sort of thing they do with the the sentences getting repeated back and forth in English yeah. and Korean. With Peck as the translator, and stuff. yeah. Ugh. Um, this film was a huge hit, mm-hmm. which is somewhat surprising, but I guess at this <laughs> point, because Sympathy for Vengeance did not do very well, but I guess at this point, Old Boy yeah. is such a smash that his name alone is sort of enough to carry anything, right? It's just, I yeah. know Joint Security Area was a gigantic hit, obviously. Yeah, also again, she's um, incredibly famous. And she's very famous. This is it made $23 million at the Korean box office, which is close to what JSA made, and it's mm-hmm. just true blockbuster status. And then, of course, Charlie's Theron was going to do a remake. Right, uh, I forgot about that. By William I, feel like Monaghan. St- I feel like I've still heard recently that talks are like still sort of happening about it, and I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I do not, I cannot imagine a world where a, an American adaptation of this movie is necessary or would yeah. be very good. Mm. Obviously, 
you know, you never know, but it just does not feel doable by Hollywood. No. Um, Like, so many details of the ending. Like, you can can already sort of guess, like, what a Hollywood adaptation of this would do differently. Not to say that this is what the adaptation would do, but, like, oh, like, she'll get the final blow on the guy. Like, they'll, like, figure everything out and everything will be happy. Like, there's so many sad half choices made in this in this version of the movie, like n- not clear resolutions that it feels like Hollywood execs would be like, no, we can't have that. You can't do that. Right. This film is unsatisfying. Like, yeah. as it should, like, right. It is very, it is very difficult to walk out of this being like, fuck yeah. Lady vengeance got hers. And also the fact that the fact alone, I love Charlize Theron, but I don't, think she's the right choice for this no. like again it's sort of the same as no. the anecdote i was telling you at the beginning we're like coming out with it on this with a strong re- strong read and her being like i'm a badass and i'm strong is like it takes away from the character so no, much the, the american yeah. like version of this that shouldn't exist should be like rooney mara or someone like that's who you right need. someone delicate or yeah yeah i Karen mean look, shaking her I'll head say- no i'm not saying that's the right person yeah. but i'm saying like <laughs> Don't pick someone who is a proven action star. Don't p- yeah. pick someone who is a bad. I will say this was 2009, and obviously, it's obvious that Charlize sort of hit on a sort of new persona for herself, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, in the 2010s, That's right? And this is probably one of the many projects she was looking at where she was like, you know, what can be my what eventually is like my Mad Max Fury Road or whatever, you know, like, but sure. like, this is in 2009 when she's lost like Charlie Theron in yeah. like fucking she's in the burning plane and the road and stuff. But again, I have heard stuff about this more recently. Right. It's still bubbling around, although I don't know, there doesn't seem to be much what Danny Boyle said he was approached to do it. And was right. That interested. That's why it came um, up somewhat recently. Right. Uh, he was talking about that in interviews. Right, but he just seemed aware of, like, I don't know that you could do that. Like, mm-hmm. he's in a right. way that would, he's right. you know, would, would pop, also, right? You I know, it's feel like, it's like done. perhaps this is naivete on my part, but, like, uh, we talked about this in the Old Boy episode, but how there was, like, such a quest to remake Old Boy for so long mm-hmm. before they end up making this remake that no one gives a shit about, that bombs <laughs> really hard, that even, like, Spike Lee semi-disowns. It does feel like you don't hear in the same way when an international movie hits big, the immediate Hollywood feeding frenzy for remake rights. It does feel like there's a bit of like post-Parasite, post-Squid Game. Maybe people are not as put off by subtitles. Maybe these things do kind of cross over once they're on streaming services. Maybe we don't need to do the Americanized version of this thing unless there's like a very specific take. I hope so, and, but we are getting the HBO Parasite series. So. But is that still no, happening? And not. also the Train to that's Busan uh, remake, maybe. But, but is, is that, that still happening? I don't too? think that's, that's happening either, right? Like, All these, these are... ideas get floated, and then no one right. actually fucking does it because they realize it's a bad idea. <laughs> and even the Parasite one, it just every time Last I came up in interviews, he was sort that's of like, I'm trying to come up with something different enough that justifies making a Parasite TV show. And I'm like, well, then maybe don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, but he but even it's... knew, like, I can't just remake the movie with an American family. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, that's not happening. That thing's no. Not happening. I don't think. <laughs> um... I think that stuff's kind of ending. I don't know. 
Well, who knows? I mean, who you knows? never know. I think I'm going to remake Lady Vengeance, though, with Charlie's there, and I'm going to direct it. Congrats. I'll do a good job. Thanks. Um, now, Griffin, mm-hmm. for the box office game, we had been doing the sort of limited releases of these films in America. Boring. Hunkshu, hunkshu. But the wonderful, wonderfully named Twitter user... Golbatosaurus. Uh-huh. Shout out Golbat, <laughs> a great Pokemon. Yeah. Uh Classic. Um, has translated Korean box office data for me. Yeoman's work. He links me to the original site, which is in the Korean language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has uh done the work of uh summarizing the opening weekends of all of these movies in Korea. So I think we should do yeah. that for the box office game. Sure. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, this I the re- one reason I think we should do it is mostly American movies. Good. Oh, interesting. Uh, let's also say we we've recorded this series very out of order because of guest availability. Yes. So this is the episode when we have suddenly gotten access to well the Korean box office. But you might hear some of the future episodes uh- <laughs> to come where we don't have access to it. We will, but we'll definitely do this for Handmaiden and Decisional Leave. Yeah. Um, but we didn't do it for Thirst or Cyborg. Maybe we'll just do it later. I don't know. Who we knows? Just, I like, don't know. Catch up. Yeah. Um, but Lady Vengeance came out in Korea okay. in July 2005. Uh, uh-huh. I think it came out in America maybe about a year later. Uh, mm-hmm. But this okay. was a summer 2005 film in Korea. Okay. Um, yes, because then it played Venice. It played the New York Film Festival and thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, it opened number one. Mm-hmm. Okay, selling um, 1.1 million tickets. Okay, I have ticket data for you here. I don't have uh, financial Great. data. I'll take it. Um, I'll take it if you will. I'll take the ticket. Uh, yeah, you'll <laughs> take the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two at the box office is an American uh, 2005 uh, sci-fi blockbuster. It's an American 2005 sci-fi blockbuster. Are we looking at like a day and date release here? Was this also a big summer release or is this coming out later in Korea? Day and date. This is coming out maybe a week later in Korea tops. This is a July 2005. War of the Worlds? Big blockbuster movie. It's not War of the Worlds. It's sort of a flop. Kind of a flop, this film. Uh, Despite a big name director, not a beloved director exactly, but a big name Is it The Island? It's Michael Bay's The Island. Wow. Okay. Huh. Have you seen it, Karen? No. I wow. know. I know of it. It's the Ewan McGregor, Scarlett Johansson. Correct. Movie? You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I've not seen it. And they live on. They live on an island that is okay. sponsored by Dasani. Mm-hmm. And Does not make you old. Their organs doesn't make you old. Um, okay. The island. Uh, one day we'll do it on this podcast, Griffin. Yep. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. What I promise. A solemn promise. We swear. Oh, for a Bay miniseries? Yeah. Yeah. Pain and gain, guys. Call me. Okay. You sure you don't want uh, Transformers the last night? I'll think about it. <laughs> you might have fun with it. You want to talk Cogman? Cogman feels like a Karen's boy. Cogman? Cogman feels like a Karen's boy. Have you seen Transformers the last night? Are you aware that the butler from Downton Abbey voices a robot butler called Cogman? Uh, yeah. I've been told about it. I'm aware of it. Oh, but, I've but not you seen haven't it. met Cogman. No, I have not. <laughs> okay, well, he I sings think opera. He'd be quite charmed. Cool. He I slaps did, himself in the head with fish. Oh, wow. Really? Number three yeah. at the box office. Uh-huh. He does. Yes. No, that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, is an animated film, and Song Kang Ho, 
mm-hmm. as I mentioned on a previous or maybe future oh, episode. Yep. Uh-huh. Voices the lead character uh, of this film in is Korea. This in the, the Korean dub. First Madagascar? Madagascar! What? So it's being released about Sucking a year Ho later. is the lion. He's, He's the Ben Stiller. Alex the lion. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that fun to think about? Yeah. Wait, who else is in the Korean dub? I have to I look don't right know. now. I don't uh, know, but I yeah, can probably find it. voice cast Madagascar. International dubbing wiki. Yes. Uh, Korean. Uh, Lord knows. There is an international oh. dubbing wiki. Yeah, I mean, good. Thank you for your thank you for your work. Like, who who's the Korean Bernie Mac? That's what I want to know. That's All right, really so Bernie Mac's character right is now. of course called. Uh, wait, Bernie Mac's not in Madagascar. Oh fuck, he's in Madagascar too. Ah, this is terrible. But who's the Korean David Schwimmer? Great question. The answer, of course, is someone called Hong Jin Ug. Okay, not someone I know. Um. Number four at the box office is a film that, Griff, you and I were recently talking about. Somewhat of a forgotten action programmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also day and date, you know, late July 2005. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I were talking about it recently. Three new stars. Three new stars. You and I were talking about it recently. Yes. We were joking about the career of one of these stars with one of our famous friends one of our famous friends was joking about the career of one of these wait you said it's an action programmer yeah it's an action film it's got a little sci-fi twist to it it's got a little bit of a sci-fi twist july 2005 i feel like i have to watch the korean dub of madagascar now you have right now immediately okay okay what distributor is this Ah, uh, it's from the good, good people at Sony Pictures. That it's is Columbia. Sony Pictures. It's a Columbia release, 2005. Sci-fi, three new stars. Are they coming from TV, or are they really just fresh off the bus? Oh, uh, no, they're movie star. No, 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 no. They've been in stuff, but I feel like it's sort of like, why have one A-lister when you could have you know three B to C-listers? One of them <laughs> was definitely in a TV show. One of them uh, had won an Oscar, you know, before oh, it's stealth. He shot this. It's stealth. It's stealth. It's stealth. It's stealth. It's stealth. The film is Rob Cohen's stealth. The film is Rob stealth. Cohen's stealth. We were um, saying yeah. it, it's about time you and I watch stealth. That it's <laughs> a glaring Josh Lucas, Jessica in our film Beale, yes. ja- Jamie Fox, right? And Jamie Fox stealth wins the Oscar after filming stealth, but he dies first in the movie. But the marketing I campaign. Huh? Sort of put him front and center after he had become such a big star. Mm. Uh, correct. Um, number Stop. five of the box office. It's another animated film. We just talked about it on another fucking episode. We just talked I hate talking about this movie. Episode. You hate talking about this movie. Robots. Robots. It looks good. <laughs> it's a good-looking film. Karen, have you seen Robots? Um, no. Uh, I know the character designs. I have not watched the movie. Amazing designs. Terrible movie. That's not surprising to me. Yeah. As William Joyce, you could just tell the, the written by David Lindsay Abair. David's hating that I'm talking about all of this again. <laughs> there must have been. There, David Lindsay Abair just wanted to tell You could tell there was something good in it at some point. Mm, that's a shame. That's like the yeah. worst. That's like the worst feeling when you're watching a movie. You're like, oh, but it's this just like good. needle drop every 15 seconds. 
Wow. Every single speaking role is like inexplicably like, why is it Jay Leno playing a fire hydrant for one line? Mm-hmm. It sucks. Look, um, I want to tell you that the other films at the box office, there are three other uh, American films. There's War of the Worlds, okay. as you guessed uh-huh. previously. There's sure. uh, Boogeyman. Uh, that was with, obviously, there's a new Boogeyman film. But right. That was with Barry Watson. Uh, Barry Watson, there you go. Wasn't Tom Welling? Tom Welling's in another one of them. He was okay. in uh, um, the Fog remake. There you go, and uh, and also Mister and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Uh, but there are two Korean films. One is called Heaven's Soldiers. Uh, appears to be a um, well, initially appears. Uh, you look at the poster and you're like, oh, this is a period action movie. There's a guy with a sword, but then you look behind him and there's a guy in a in a World War II soldier's outfit, and you look behind him and there's a guy with like a, a milit a futuristic uh, weapon. So I think it's like a time travel action movie. Uh, sounds kind of cool. Cool. Okay. Uh, the other film, uh, Korean film, is called Voice. Um, which is about a singer. It looks like a horror movie. Uh, the fourth installment in the Whispering Corridors supernatural wow. uh, film series about teenagers uh, having spooky stuff happen to them. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds uh, right. And it does. That sounds cool. It does star uh, Kim Ok Bin, uh, who is in Thirst. Uh, oh. Later. Later. So that's cool. Um, very fun to do the Korean box office. You know, the American box office was fine, but did we need, really need to talk about the debut of Runaway Vacation again, Griffin? Did we? <laughs> RV, baby. Yeah, six-inch summer or whatever it is. <laughs> six-inch summer. Karen, I, I, in my mind's eye, I was so confident this was going to be your five-timers club induction, but this is only your fourth proper appearance on wow. the podcast, which is wild. They've basically all been paced exactly two years apart, <laughs> which isn't saying you need to wait wow. two years until you come back on. But <laughs> I feel no like no one's waiting. Uh, come on, no one's we're, waiting. We're but doing our best. Our Programming this show is hard. Listeners <laughs> are will often find like, oh, what is the weird pattern to the oh, movies sure. we have? This guest always covers movies like this or whatever, oh. and then someone like Esther will, at a certain point, be like, "I'm breaking the pattern. I don't want you to keep uh-huh. making me do movies like this. I want to do this." Your four films are they've all been pretty different. The Weight of Water, yeah, Tim Burton Dumbo, yeah, Escape from New York, yeah, <laughs> Lady movie. Vengeance. That's mm-hmm. but- at this point, no idea. I mean, you're calling Pain and Gain. <laughs> But with last night as a as a spoiler, yes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, mm. is that the one that has Merlin also? Correct. Stanley okay. Tucci plays yeah. Merlin. But then, but but Age of Extinction's the one with the dinosaurs. Yes. Doesn't okay, this I, new yes. one. Oh, but this new one is not Michael Bay. No, but it this has, is, the new one is not Michael Stephen Cable Jr. This one has the uh, Maximals. It has the beasts. The animal, Rise of the Beasts. Right, right? but it doesn't have Dinobots. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yes, uh, Stanley <laughs> Tucci is in two separate Transformers movies as different characters. The right. first time, he plays a silly guy with glasses. He who's just like, liked it so much. 
Loved it. The second time he plays Merlin. I think there is something fun about making those Michael Bay movies okay. if you have the right attitude. All those right? character it's actors. Like, it's crazy to see doing them. Yeah. There's yeah. that wild thing of just like people identifying like, oh, Michael Bay clearly loves Coen Brothers movies because mm-hmm. he just grabs all of their fucking supporting right. players. <laughs> yeah. And puts them in these functionary roles. Look, but that's I, what I would do if I had the power to do it. Absolutely. They all seem to have a good ah, time. Fuck. Oh, are what you just okay? Happened, well, oh, sorry. My cat just, <laughs> she sometimes gets my attention by putting her nail into my side. She really oh, scared no. the shit out of me. Cats yeah. are so insane. Ow. I'm going to say that is the signal for us to wrap this up. Ben Pig is the uh, kitty. It is 11.20 p.m. Karen, is there anything up. you want to plug? <laughs> Uh, Well, you guys mentioned my book. It is out now. So if you are interested in it, you can go get it. It is out in in anywhere you can get books, probably. We have a, a copy cinema. Yeah. proudly on it's display got, it, at the blank check headquarters. Oh, thank and it, you. And it has an introduction, right, from friend yes, of the show, sweet, David Lowry. Yes, sweet, sweet, kind, kind, kind David Lowry. A very lovely... Yes. Um, introduction and interviews with Tilda Swinton, Cho Shik, a bunch of other people. Uh, their stuff is really cool. You don't even have to read what I wrote. Just read what the cool things they have to say about working with Bong. Cool. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you guys for absolutely. having me on. I, I mean, I hope it's not two years again before I see you, but... No! No, I'm saying let's break the pattern. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. If okay, anything, there's that's... no pattern! If anything, that means... <laughs> don't do anything! Guess we gotta do Michael pattern. Bay next. Guess guess no. Michael oh, Bay's well. top of the pile now. <laughs> I mean, I do wanna... I kinda do wanna do him, but I don't know. I feel Let's like also wild. he needs to... What's his last movie? Let's, oh, Ambulance. Ambulance, well, which you love. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, Los Angeles. Let's, let's yes, sit on the... Let's sit on the dock of the bay. Oh. Kind of a lot of movies at this point. Yeah, Damn. all the more they reason to do Cassie. him sooner rather than later. He does have a lot. It's true. He does have a lot. Um, and this is a promise to you. We'll get to Michael Bay eventually. Uh, <laughs> like you don't have to promise me that. <laughs> no, I'm promising you that. You'll come okay, on the show again you. soon, Karen. We love you. Yeah, <laughs> um, you you're so the best. Much. Karen, I hope I see you sooner than that. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, I know. Thank you for being here, and thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce you, the show. Marie is also the best. Uh, Lee Montgomery, the Great American Novel for a theme song. He is also the best. Joe Bowen and Pat Reynolds for artwork. They are also the best. AJ McKee and Alex Barron for editing. They are also the best. I'm just too deep in on this now. If I leave anyone it off, like it makes pattern. them feel like they suck. Uh, did I mention everybody? JJ Birch for a research who is also the best. But don't get cocky about it, JJ. <laughs> don't let this go to your head. Um, you can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including our Patreon, Blank Check Special Features, where we do franchise commentaries. As we said, we're swimming across some oceans right now, some heist capers. <laughs> uh, and we're doing Little Drummer Girl over there <gasps> as well. Fuck yeah. Uh, which uh, I'm excited to talk about. Um, tune in next week for... Uh, next week, of course, on this podcast, we will be discussing the film Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Oh, what? 
Right. Oh my god. Right. So, so we got a two week break from Director Park as we yeah. cover two new releases on the docket. Mission I'm Impossible. It twice opening week already. I've already yeah. have plans to see it twice in the span yeah. of one week. Uh, Dead Reckoning Part One, and then the following week will be Oppenheimer, and then we're back yep. with Thirst. Correct? <laughs> or no? No, uh, I'm cyborg. a cyborg, and then Thirst, yes, and then Stoker, and then The Handmaid, and then Decision to Leave, and then oh, I almost said the next miniseries. <laughs> you tried to get me, but I didn't tried do to it. Get me? Yeah. <laughs> you don't want. I'm anyone... a little punch drunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Not only I did see. I wake up at six today, but I woke. I went to the beach, so I'm I'm all sun kissed as well. I'm all like, mm. oh, God, this is this time of year where David just complains all the time about how much he is. Goes to the the beach. beach life is getting yeah. to him. <laughs> it's Juneteenth, uh, the day. It's off. also true. The last time I, one of the last times I saw you was during the summer. I visited during the summer, and you were like, "Yeah, I yes, just came from the I beach. Just crazy." Been to the beach. Yeah, this yeah. is basically David's yeah. version of the guy who just constantly apologizes that he's still on island time. Is David <laughs> takes his day trips to the beach and then goes, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm just a little burned out from the beach." Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> okay. now I got to go to sleep. It's a beautiful life. Thank so you guys for recording so late. Oh, of course, of course, uh, of course. It's and a joy to do it, Karen. And as yes, always, yes, it was a joy. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, it was. And as always, I offer a very sincere apology to our listeners and to David for getting his hopes up. Mint Mobile was in fact purchased by T-Mobile. David, you will not be able to welcome them into your Sprint family. Uh, Well, unfortunately, they also own Sprint, so I basically am. 